Today on Launchpad, we're here with Chris Bowers of Morty's Comedy Joint. Joint. <laughs> and we learn basically just don't have kids. All right, Chris, welcome to Launchpad. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Um, so, Launchpad, how this goes is uh, it's a kind of a show about entrepreneurialism. Okay. But it's more about the entrepreneur. So, you're going to tell me about your life story, about how you got to where you are. I'm going to do my best to derail every conversation, and Brad is going to do his best to keep it on track. Okay, that sounds and, like a plan. Yeah, through the course of that, we try to uh, show people that it's maybe not so hard for them to follow their dreams and do something they love. Sure, okay. Yeah, so uh, you're, you're, you own Morty's Comedy Club. I do. Uh, I own Morty's Comedy Joint. Uh, we also own uh, Comedy Wiley's, Wiley's Comedy Joint in Dayton, Ohio, but... Uh, and we just sold uh, our, we had a club in Louisville that we just sold two weeks ago. Sold's a relatively weird term. We didn't get <laughs> any money for it, but it's, it's off my plate, so that's good. That's, so owning that's... three comedy clubs is not as cool as owning one comedy club. Owning one comedy club is super fun. Owning three is a huge pain in the ass. Are we allowed to cuss on the show? You can okay. say every swear word you want okay. on the show. That's a so, common part of being so a business I, I, for yeah, yourself. I, yeah, I don't know if entrepreneur, does that mean you have to make money? Because if it no, does, then I am not an entrepreneur. Absolutely not. You don't have to. You, I don't. <laughs> I have owned lots fact, of companies that should make money, but the majority don't. No, it's it's more of a passion thing. Yeah, so yeah. that that's the whole, That's I, I don't make money. I've been losing money for years now. So yeah, I, so, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, so it's ancillary <laughs> benefits, you know. I mean, I get it. Tell you, I have, I've not made a dime owning Morty's in six years. Uh, but I do drink about fifteen thousand dollars worth of booze for a year, which is nice. That's so, outstanding. So I basically, just prepaid my bar tab. It's also a perk of my job being around beer dispensers all day. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty great. It's nice exactly. when I go to a venue and the beers are free, but I got to buy a soda, so <laughs> I drink fun. the beer. Yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you get started down the path of entrepreneurialism or the path of losing money? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I've always kind of been. I mean, I I because I've never actually had a real job. I've never had a resume. I've never had a boss. Um, I was in college when I was in college. I uh, went to different because my actual job is I'm a motivational speaker. I go to high schools and middle schools all around the country. That's what I do for a living. So, so I started doing that out of college. That's right? really cool. Yeah. So I was gonna. I, my plan was go to law school. Um, so I went to college and I was gonna go to law school. But it turns out if you get a two five from Ball State, they don't let you go to law school. So I had to figure out another plan and. And I just had always done this stuff in high school and even in college, leadership camps, and I was a student council kid and all that kind of stuff. And so then when I graduated college, um, I met a guy who was a former high school principal here in Indianapolis that was doing these leadership workshops around uh, Indiana with high school student council kids, and he wanted to develop a middle school market, so he partnered with me, and I worked with him for about four years. And then in 2000, I went out on my own and started doing my own thing and traveling the United States. And so um, that's what I do for a living. And over that time... Um, you know, performing. Uh, I always wanted to be a comic. I was one of comics since I was, you know, seven. That has and, to the comedy has to help with the motivational speaking. As yeah, well. I mean, it's very fun. I mean, like you know, I'm not one. Of, I mean, I always joke that I'm I'm a middle middle class white kid that nothing bad ever happened to. So like, I don't have a story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my mom has got to make it way terrible. Harder. You know, it's like oh, if I only was missing a leg, I'd be so much better at this. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> You know, so so it had to be funny. That's why people listen to me is because I'm funny. And so, um, so yeah, so the humor, but then over that time, you know, there was all these 
jokes I wrote or stories I had that I couldn't tell kids because they were inappropriate or, you know, involved my dick. And so uh, I uh, had to find an outlet for that. And so about eight years ago, I started an outlet for, for your dick jokes and, and drunken <laughs> stories and all that stuff. So about eight years ago, I started doing comedy. I'd done comedy like one open mic a year for, you know, forever, but like I never really got serious about it. And then about eight years ago, I got divorced. Uh, for the second time, and I was like, you know what, <laughs> I I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna give it a shot. And so I found Morty's very quickly, and it was a great club. I loved it. I had a great time there. It was super fun. I liked the people, and I just became that was my passion. And then about two years into comedy, or a year and a half into comedy, Morty's had an ownership shakeup, and it was for sale. And I didn't want it to go away. And so my best friend from college named Tony, um, who was a he used to run the Jillians downtown, was the AGM of the Jillians downtown. When it was there, um, they had he was recently out of a job at that time. So uh, I said, "Hey, you want to give this a shot?" And he said, "Sure." So we, with n- having no idea how to run the comedy part, like Tony's pretty good inside the building. Uh, he knows how to he knows the food and beverage side and the restaurant side, but we had no idea how to do comedy. And so uh, we, but we gave it a shot. I mean, it was relatively cheap, so we bought it and uh, very quickly we we're about to go out of business. And then we met a <laughs> we met a guy uh, named Steve Hofstetter, who's a comedian uh, super great uh, marketer uh, internet marketer and he basically said hey uh, for a percentage of ownership I'll help save your club and we said okay cool and then he came in and you know did what he said he was going to do and we got some uh, we got turned around and then uh, have recently I mean eventually bought bought Steve out but uh, but yeah so that's kind of how it started and so it was never really about making money it was about I wanted to do this thing and it was like I always tell people, me owning a comedy club is like a regular guy owning an NFL team. I'm like, wait, I got to see who starts? This is awesome. <laughs> you know? So, like, and that's kind of the way I've lived my life. Like, I've never, I'm not a guy who gets asked to join things for whatever reason. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's my, I, I don't know if I rub people the wrong way initially or whatever. But, like, so, like, in college, I didn't join a fraternity. I, I joined a little fraternity with, like, eight dudes in it. And by the time I graduated, we had 100. So, I mean, like, I, I tended to, like, be that kind of person where, like, rather than try to join somebody else's group, I just create a group. Did so, your own thing? Yeah, so comedy is kind of the same way. It's like, well, I can either fight and claw and try to get into, or I can just buy a club and just be the guy who's in charge, and then I'll just <laughs> do that. That seems way easier. That's a great angle. I you know, yeah, like, so. <laughs> so what, what prompted you to buy another club? Well, we were like, we. there was a moment where Steve Hofstra again, and we thought, well, we could be an empire. Our thought was, you know, there's all these clubs out there, and we it, seemed to think we knew what we were doing. We didn't. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, well, hey, if we buy these these other clubs, they were relatively cheap as well, and, they didn't, and we didn't need any money up front, and let's, so let's just give it a shot, and um, or not a lot of money up front, and, and we'll... we'll you know, because our thought was if you have three, then you get buying power and all these other things. And it just wasn't. You don't get any buying power three. Not really. No. I mean, not. I mean, <laughs> you know, no. I mean, and mostly because we as comics, we don't want to. I don't want a deal. I want to pay you what you're worth. So Fair. I guess I could lowball you. Oh, I'll get you all three if you go half price. Well, then I'm paying a guy half price, which seems like a dick move. You know, and that's part of the problem is that like part of my problem in business is that I just can't seem to. I'll rather I'd rather take a hit financially myself than anybody else be upset. That's or sad. That's, and when you I run a business that, that way, that's really tough. Yeah, that's a really tough because everybody thing. will everybody will take take a handout or everybody will take from you right if the, you let the, them. But it's like, but at the same time, I don't want to be, be the that, more you give someone, the more they take and expect as well. Well, the quote Probably. I came up with is is if you give something some if you give someone something long enough, eventually they think they earned it. 
And that's the problem. And everyone would agree with that statement because everyone thinks mm-hmm. they're the one giving. <laughs> so, but like at the end of the day, that's like really good, everything we've all been given or everything any of us has, someone gave it to us, whether it was our parents or whether it was a business partner, whether it was someone who loaned you money, whether it was STD, STDs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I've always said, once you have herpes and bad credit, you are truly free. Life <laughs> has no more sticks, but, uh, <laughs> What am I worried about? Anyway, but... uh, (laughs) You can't get what you already have. Yeah, right? So just, you know, don't worry about it. But but no, I'm just saying so... so, But like, I think people, that's the problem with a lot of the the political, everything right now is everybody... I mean, these hedge fund manager guys think that they deserve to be, they worked hard. Yeah, okay, you went to Harvard and you worked hard, I guess. But like, how'd you get that spot at Harvard? How'd you get that spot at the hedge... Somebody still, even if you worked... 60 hours a week or 80 hours, or worked your ass off. At some point, somebody gave you an opportunity that two other people could have done, and you got lucky and got the job. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. very, yeah. other than quarterback in the NFL, there's very few things that like no, six that, other people couldn't do your job. I don't know. I mean, I'd say that falls under it too. Well, I'm saying there's 10 good quarterbacks in the NFL, is what I'm saying. There's 32 right. teams. So there's obviously not enough good people. Like, I don't if, sports much. Yeah, so I'm just saying if, if you're and there's and there's so there's certain things that are that are that like cut and dry, but most things, no, somebody else could do your job. You know, when you die, someone else will do your job and do okay at it. You're not God's gift to management or HR or whatever the hell you think you are. You know, and that's that's the so so anyway. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. I agree. I mean, it seems at my company, the more people I fire, the better everybody gets at their job. It's really great. Yeah, well, I mean, because then they're 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 motivated, you know. But I and so that's part of me is like I, I you know you see people that are just assholes get to the top, and the people that seem to be doing things trying to do things the right way don't generally that doesn't generally happen. But you know, I'd rather sleep at night and not have money than have a bunch of money and not be able to sleep at night. You know, so I sleep real well. There's got to be a compromise there. Right? Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, I'm looking for it. I, uh, I hate to be an asshole. It's just the worst ever. Yeah. But my thought too is like part of the reason I made money is because if I had a bunch of money, I'd do a bunch of cocaine and I'd be dead. So I, said, <laughs> I say that all the time when people ask me why I didn't sell the company to Anheuser Busch at a ripe old age of twenty seven for millions of dollars. I said because I would have spent it on coke and hookers. You'd be dead by now, and I'd be dead. Yeah, no, I've I've thought that if if I'd ever been more successful, know thyself. Yeah, no, I mean seriously, like that's I've never had mortgage money and cocaine money at the same time, and I I kind of fear. <laughs> having both i don't know if i want that you know and so i think that's part of the reason that eventually my- you get to a point with the coke and the mortgage where you you don't have both again. well that's what i'm saying right? yeah right? Like my favorite one of my favorite jokes is sam kinnison had a great joke where he said you know they, they wanted me to go to co- cocaine rehab and it cost forty six thousand dollars and folks if you have forty six thousand dollars you don't have a cocaine problem <laughs> so. That's it's one of my favorite jokes, but <laughs> but yeah. So you know, I've never, I've never even tried cocaine. I, I've never, I'm not a drug guy actually. But but uh, but I just know that if I had tons of money, I would do dumb shit and probably eventually be dead sooner than I should be. And so that's one of the reasons that I'm not supposed to have money right at this exact moment. You know, <laughs> what is so. I won't ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an open book. Ask any yeah, well, what, what's the dumb shit you would do then? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I would just drink way more. I mean, I drink a whole bunch now. Because I wasn't already. lying when I said I would do what I was that I would do. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I just, I mean, I would, you know, I, I would just be drinking a lot more and not, and just, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there'd be four wheelers and jet skis and boats and like Kenny Powers. Yeah, I mean, there'd be some dumb shit that happened, and probably I'd fall off a roof and. <laughs> You know, I mean, because I'm not, I'm not the best decision maker when I'm drunk and I would, you know, I don't know. I just. Who is? Well. Nobody's you know. like, man, that was great. 
Yeah, well, I've, I'm, I'm, this is one of my stand-up jokes I'm writing right now, but I, I've, I, what I'm looking to do... Santa joke? Stand-up jokes. Oh, stand-up okay. Com- stand-up comedy jokes. I, uh, <laughs> I want to find a hypnotist that'll hypnotize me that whenever I'm blackout drunk, instead of uh, eating a burrito, I just exercise. Like, that would be cool. Like, you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh my God, I must have been hammered. My hamstrings are killing me. <laughs> my girlfriend's like, yeah, you were doing sit-ups for like three hours. It was super annoying. You know, that'd be, just, that'd be great. <laughs> So if anybody knows a hypnotist that can teach you how to be a, a, a drunk or a better guy, person when you're you know? drunk. Yeah. My yeah. friends have an a, a, a intervention like, dude, you drank like 27 days in a row. I'm like, no, I have a triathlon at the end of the month. I'm in training. <laughs> <laughs> not an alcoholic. I'm, yeah, a, I'm that, a workout fiend. That's pretty good. That's so. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, at what point in the venture of the first comedy club did you decide that it was a good idea to to start taking over this market of comedy clubs oh well i mean it was just an opportunity basically we had an opportunity and we took it and then we had another opportunity we took it and we had a fourth opportunity that didn't work out and when that one didn't work out we started saying okay maybe they're not maybe we don't know what we're doing and then they all kind of started to fall the other two started to falter a little bit just because we we didn't have the same spread I mean, too thin like what was it ah, it's just it's just lack of processes uh, hard to have processes in a comedy club anyway yeah like, I mean, what, what is uh, it? we just couldn't get people like it was funny that the louisville and dayton have completely different problems where in dayton we can't get anybody to show up because the funny bone is there the funny bone's a good organization they bring in really big name comics and they mm-hmm. give a lot of the tickets away for free um because they charge a lot of money when you get in there on so, drinks and stuff yeah they 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 make all their money on food and drinks so they can give away, you know, big name comics, free tickets. That's not our model. Our model is to charge regular prices for things and, but sell tickets for 10 or 15 bucks a person. Well, you can't sell tickets in that model. Yeah. So when people came to the club, they would spend 16, $18 because they were used to spending money at a comedy club. That wasn't a problem. $18 a person or $15 a person. That's what you need to survive uh, in the, in the industry. And, and so like at, at Morty's, I think we're $21 a person is our check average. So when people get in, that doesn't include tickets. So when they get in they're they're spending money in Louisville it was the exact opposite. We could sell tickets cause we were the only comedy club in town, but no, we would buy anything. So we'd have an $8 check average. That's and it's, a shit check average. Yeah. But it's, and, and, and it's not, I mean, part of it was the location of the club is in this awesome district with all these great restaurants and all this cool food. So people would go and eat at their favorite restaurant have a couple drinks and then come to the comedy show, but they're not going to eat with us because our food was like, I mean, at Morty's we have a full kitchen and, and down there we, and both in Dayton and in Louisville, it's like out of a closet, basically warming trays and it's not bad food, but it's not the best food in the world, which totally is around agrees, you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all these foodies in Louisville would go eat their favorite place and then come and now they've already had a couple beers and they're, they're full and they're just going to have, you know, the two drink minimum, get two bottles of water and whatever. So you it's just, just need a, you need some bad decisions on your menus. Right. Well, that's the thing. And, you know, you can't. So, like, so anyway. What, what do drunk people want? Yeah. So we tried a couple of those things. But but anyway, so that was just that was a problem in Louisville. We couldn't get anybody in or we couldn't get people to spend money in a date. We couldn't get people in. Morty's kind of right. The word, we, we can sell tickets and people come and they, they spend money. And so, um, you know, now there's a myriad of other. You just don't know what goes into a business. Like until you, st- you run a business, you don't know all of the ancillary. It blows my it's mind. It's crazy. I it's have like, a whole new perspective. Oh, $4,000 on- a month. A- for, to take credit cards. Oh, okay. I didn't think about that. That the credit card fees that you pay the credit card companies—that's yeah. four grand a month. It's oh, bonkers. Wow. You know? I walk around and I'm like, "How is this place in business?" And it's enormous. It's a functioning business. They seem to be very in business. And I'm like, "It just doesn't make sense." Have to you me. see? There's a, and I'm not ripping on them, but there's behind mornings. There's a bird store. How the hell does a bird store? Does a bird store exist? Does it make it? I don't, I 
understand me like a bird are that many people playing fucking bird feed I don't how do you ah, like I, exactly. I, I'm happy for them go exactly for it, bird same. people but Jesus yeah. Christ how is there there's probably four or five bird stores in this city how are there bird stores ah, I, I mean yeah. I, I'm losing 30 grand a month selling the most amazing <laughs> beer dispenser on the planet and somebody has a goddamn bird store right yeah. I mean, it's just infuriating you probably like, live in a mansion up on Geist yeah probably oh there's all my bird money ah, like oh god damn <laughs> Just, yeah, I mean, it's, how'd you make it? Oh, bird money, bird money, bird man. money. It's Actually, just... parents left me their bird money. I keep the store open. Yeah, right. So, yeah. and maybe they have enough money. I mean, what I have found too is I've hung out with people that have more money. Is once you have money, it's pretty easy to make money. Like that's what I've found is like is if that you. Ha- well, I think part of it is like we literally have no cash flow. I mean, part of my problem is I'm spending. I spend ten or twelve grand a year on overdraft fees. Because mm. the bank will cash yep. the checks for me, but they charge me thirty six bucks a pop. I do the same thing. And it's I, like, I float things on uh, oh, credit cards, and yeah. then I pay that interest. Had, if I had that interest, I'd have yeah. another. Well, well, I don't. I'd have one rent payment. You I'd know, have if, a, it, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's <laughs> so. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's part of that. I mean, but yeah, there's all these little fees you just don't understand. You just don't think about that. You're like, oh man, yeah, yeah that cost. I'm the worst oh, about man. it. Like we had uh, our cell phone bill was mm-hmm. out of hand. It was like five hundred dollars a month. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should cancel like the eight lines we're not using. Yeah, right. I mean, because sure. it bucks a month. Yeah, right. it just all adds up. You just don't. And yeah, so, you know, but yeah, just, you don't understand. You don't realize until you get into business how all the little nickel and dime stuff that just just kills you. And just the, the you know, oh, we're above water. Oh, no, we have a six thousand dollar power bill. Oh, yeah. OK, forgot about that. <laughs> forgot we needed electricity, everybody. Oh, shit. That's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you can't go around and turn the lights off at a comedy club. You know, that's it really it's, like, yeah, it's shit yeah. for morale. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, Why is it so cold in here? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, you know, but uh, so we kind of glossed over how you became a motivational speaker. You just kind of just what, what, what kind of life experience happened in which a person with nothing to be motivational about starts to be a motivational speaker. Well, then that's what's funny is is I'm not the kind of motivational speaker that tries to make you better. I'm the kind of <laughs> I, I'm the kind of motivational speaker tries to make you feel good about who you already are, oh. which I'm pretty good at. Okay. So that's that so I'm not like you can do it. I'm like you already did it. <laughs> so so oh please do please do tell more so no so when i go talk to kids i talk about not care people think about you and not and and feeling good and accepting yourself for who you are right so like you know i think that i I just think you know if you give people if you care people think about you you give them the power to hurt your feelings and so don't do that keep keep that power for yourself and don't only care what you think about you is one of the things i tell kids i talk to kids about that confidence is a choice i think a lot of times people think well i have to wait until i'm successful and then i'll be confident no no you become confident first first. and then you become successful you know and so that's that's something that um I talk to kids about it, is that it is a choice. You, when you look in the mirror, you either feel good about yourself or bad about yourself, and how you talk to yourself affects how you feel about yourself. And it's just, and you have to start by saying, I'm going to feel good about myself no matter what. And so that's kind of what I'm doing as a motivational speaker. So, you know, I was I was one of these kids in high school that you got to like, pretend you're like three beers in at all times. Right, exactly. That's, you know, how, that's, that's how I live my life. Yeah, well, that's why drinking was so easy for me because it was like, <laughs> you're oh, You're typically yeah, three is, beers yeah. in all the time anyway. So, <laughs> exactly. well, you know, why not pay three beers in all the time? Yeah, you know no, I, I mean? agree. Like, I'm, I'm down. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, just, so it was just one of those things where I was in high school and, um, you know, people always say, well, how'd you become a motivational speaker? I said, well, I sucked at sports. So uh, like you guys were playing football and wrestling, you know, I was at student council conference with your girlfriend, you know? And, uh, <laughs> so, cause I remember I was a freshman in high school, I went to my first student council conference and there was, I don't know, 650 people there and 40 of them were dudes. It was like, 
Oh, nice. Well, this is a cool place to be. And by the way, it wasn't like a bunch of stud dudes. It was a bunch of little weird nerds, weirdos like me. So it was like, oh, hey, it was great. So I just started doing all that kind of stuff. And then I was on a few state boards. And I was on the Key Club State Board. I was on the I was a president of the Indiana High School Press Association, which was like the yearbook newspaper organization. So in that capacity, they would have you do workshops at the state level. They would have you do like a leadership workshop or whatever. And there was this conference I went to called Hobie. Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Foundation, which basically changed my entire life. I went as it, it, it's one sophomore from every school. It's a national organization, but they have state conferences. And I went to one here at Butler in '89 as a sophomore, and it was like, oh, okay. I was by myself. I didn't have to like you know, no one knew who I was before that. I could kind of define who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. And so that I went back to every single year, and that's where I met the guy that hired me um, when I was a senior in college. I but by the time I was a senior in college, I was kind of the I was the main guy of this Hobie conference. I would like open up the conference and explain to the students what was going to happen and I was kind of ran things and whatever and um uh yeah so interesting side note in 1998 I think 99 98 I actually debated Mike Pence at a Hobie conference really for uh, yeah he was uh, I was anti school prayer he was pro school prayer weird had a quite weird a, that he was pro school prayer yeah yeah so uh <laughs> yeah I, uh, How'd the debate go? How'd you do? Well, I I'm not I don't say this to brag, but I beat the shit out of that guy. He's not a very good debater. I uh, really? <laughs> like, you know, I it, my whole point was that Mike, you don't want school prayer. You want your school prayer, right? Like, if we said the Torah every morning before class, your head would fall off. You know, if if a yeah, if the, you could just if, basically smash the bejesus if, out yeah, of it. Yeah, if the valedictorian showed up on all black and thanked Satan for her acuity in math, you would lose your mind. You can't, <laughs> you can't give a Satanist prayer at graduation. You want your specific kind of Catholic prayer, don't you? Oh yeah, but we were Catholic. Okay, all right. I mean, whatever. So, I. Did not expect him to be vice president of the United States. I will say that. When uh, I yeah. That guy. No. I'm like, that guy's an idiot. I doubt he ever amounts to anything. And then it was like, oh, shit. Well, that's how good my judgment is. And chances know. are he'll be president soon. So well, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, it's, I'm not uh, sure your judgment was off. Well, yeah. you know, Maybe the amount to anything part. And then now we need to really arrange the scale of <laughs> what you consider amounting to something. But, yeah. you know. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from the whole Treading thing. into that water. Ah, I'm trying to stay away from the My thing is just let, let, you know, if you truly believe this is all about to be over, right? If you're a liberal and you think that, that Trump's going to start World War Three or whatever, then let's party, man. Yeah. If I, like, let's not dread. Not it's like my, liberal, my second but... wife, one of her biggest problems was whenever I was going to travel, she would be real upset and sad the three days before I left. I'm like, we can enjoy this time now. I'm here. Don't be upset that I'm going to be gone for two weeks and be sad that you're going to be lonely. I'm here now. Let's hang out. Right? So, no, hey, I agree. Life's awesome. Let's party. And if it blows up in three weeks, it blows up in three weeks. At least let's have three more weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's not uh, waste our three weeks being all upset and marching around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if only somebody would say that. <laughs> you know, this goes back to our cocaine conversation, I guess. We should probably not worry about the mortgage so much if, if you truly think that it's going to all fall off the rails. I personally think it'll be, a, it'll be fine. I, it's going to be fine. Uh, yeah. I'm excited that, uh, some competition gets a lot of stuff done in Mexico, and it's about to have a twenty percent tariff added to it. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. there's a there's an upside to every situation. Well, I mean, it, I think life has unintended consequences, and and no matter what you're trying to fix, when you fix one thing, you break another thing, and when you break one thing, you fix another thing. It's it's it, and you just never know. I mean, it's funny, like you know, I, and I saw this firsthand speaking at schools and conferences and stuff. Like, you know, uh, people today with the twerking and freak dancing and 
people, kids grind on kids each other and all today. that. Yeah, well, I don't, and I think kids today are awesome, by the way. I'm a super pro-millennial guy. But, <laughs> but um, the reason that happened was because in like, I don't know, 2000, uh, some do-gooder school marm decided that, that we shouldn't have slow songs anymore because it was giving the kids needs, right? <laughs> so That's a real thing? They stopped slow songs. You, if you go to a high school today to a high school dance prom probably still has a couple slow songs but the rest of their dances there are no slow songs all the conferences used to have because it used to be you dance like an idiot right you do the lawnmower or the refrigerator or whatever and then like twice an hour you'd put your arms around a girl and try not to get a boner and you'd dance slow and it yeah. was awesome well then they were like no no leave room for jesus they can't dance that close and so they just got rid of slow songs and kids were like oh we'll just, we'll just rub our genitals on each other the whole time then if you're not gonna <laughs> let us dance slow they're just like ah, you know and so unintended just, so there's all, there, there's all kinds of things like that unintended consequences where you think oh i'm fixing this but really you're you're breaking something else or you're you know so it's pretty much everything yeah i mean well i mean every action has a reaction so it's just a matter of you know i mean one of the things i always say i say this to kids and i say my stand-up you know is the the bigger your house the less you can afford to be there you know so you drive by a mansion that's pretty good you never seen anybody in a mansion maybe a gardener right you drive by a trailer there's six motherfuckers on that porch <laughs> Because they can afford to be home. You know? uh, so, yes. <laughs> so, Absolutely, yes. So, but so I'm saying is like, okay, yeah, I, I don't have as nice as stuff, but I get to enjoy the shitty stuff I have better or more, you know? I, uh, so you got to make a choice. Do I want, I mean, I, and I I went through the whole thing. I mean, when, it, when I was married. You're blowing my mind over here. When it's, I was married my, to my second wife, we lived in a mansion with a pool and a hot tub and caramel. And it was super nice or whatever. But like, I had to travel a shit ton. She had to travel a shit ton. Of, and now I live in a, a thousand square foot apartment behind the comedy club. I pay, and it's awesome, right? Yeah, it's great. I have I to live work in a basement. three, three days fantastic. a month. You know, instead of working fifteen days a month, I work three days a month. Now I don't have as nice as stuff, but you work three days a month. Yeah, probably. I mean, it depends on what you count as work. I mean, I go to Morty's and drink a lot, but I'm not sure that counts as work. I have no responsibility whatsoever. That's fantastic. Which is another part of being an entrepreneur too, I guess. You if, have made it. If I wanted to work hard, I could not have one of my managers take his salary, and I would make money at Morty's. But I'd rather him deal with the schedules and the bullshit, and I just drive comics around and get drunk. So that's really. My plan. This is probably one of the most inspirational interviews we've ever had. <laughs> see? See? I'm not trying to make you better. I'm trying to make you feel good about who you already are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feel good about settling. Well, I don't think it's set. I mean, again, I think that I don't think you need. I mean. <laughs> it's not settled. It's not set. I mean, to me, the goal is happiness. It's not. I don't give a it shit. It is, right? I don't give a shit if I have more stuff than you. Because yeah. I'm happier than you. I'm happier than, than I, mean, I don't mean that you specifically, but I'm saying in, in oh, general. Oh, I don't have any stuff. Like there's, there's yeah, there's, but I'm saying there's there's guys from college or, or high school. That My dog want. only has three legs. <laughs> One's a dangle leg. It's She can't use it. It's a Oh, God. Did you get a, you get a three-legged dog cheaper? Is that how it works? <laughs> no, it's very expensive <laughs> yeah, right? to have a three-legged dog. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Mm. I, uh... <laughs> Yeah. See, my my thing is no kids, no dogs, no responsibility. Like I don't ever have to go home, which is awesome. That is you know? awesome. So I I mean, dogs are cute, but I don't need one. I know, you know, I never want to have kids. That seems terrible. So. It does. It really. Plus, does. talk about you know less you can afford to be home. You know, now you got somebody else to pay. I mean, you, I watched <laughs> a family walking out of the Circle Center Mall. Ugh. Just how just much that must yesterday, cost. and I just I was sad for them. Yeah. No, I'm. And again, there are people who were born to be parents and they love it. I'm just not one of those people. I don't need, I mean, you know, I've, two things I always say is, is, is you can't live hand to mouth if you got more than one mouth. That's a thing that you got to worry about. And then two, you know, like the only reason I would ever have kids is to have adult kids. That seems cool. Yeah. So like, I just cut out the middleman and hang out with 21 year olds now. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> like I just find 21, 22 year olds that like, you know, maybe had a dad that was kind of a dick and I hang out with them and I feel the same. <laughs> oh, that sounds delightfully creepy. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I've been to a lot of more comics, but I mean, no, they're you know, 21. It's fine. That's 21. You know. drink. Yeah, they can drink. That's one of the one of the rules. I'm you know? a great role model. Well, I'm not sure great is the right word, but you know, I'm a role model of some kind. I mean, you know, but again, if you want to be happy and 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 I, like I said, I just think that we. Well, see, it is all about happiness, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, I mean, why? Who cares? I mean, I don't know. I just think that, that you're trying to fill a hole. I mean, I said to a group of high school students last year, I said, look, if you're not happy at the bottom of the mountain, you're not going to be happy at the top of the mountain. Oh, it's no. not the mountain that's keeping you from being happy; it's you. You know, that's that's true. So, you know, I mean, it's it's so many see in life. I mean, I think people have what I call a happiness set point sets in like your mid twenties, mm-hmm. and then no matter what happens to you, you kind of stay at that that same happiness level. And you see people that like win the lottery and are still miserable, and you see dudes that like lose their legs in some sort of accident and they snow ski and are still super positive. It's like, oh well, fuck. I guess it has nothing to do with what happens to you. It's how you react to it or what you what you already felt like. You know. Yeah, so, that's absolutely it. You know, because like my my second wife married my best friend from college, and and I was in their wedding. And so, because we're still, they're still my two good friends. And so, like, um, you know, I've always been super Good happy. Yeah. She's always been kind of middle of the road, and he's always been kind of a grumpy dick, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if you go back to when I was married to Angela, you know, I lived in a mansion, and we made a bunch of money as the two of us, and I didn't have to worry about money ever again, blah, 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 blah. So, I was super happy. Angela always wanted something more, and Ed was a grumpy dick. Now, Ed lived in one of our rental properties and, and was a bartender and didn't have health insurance, and his life sucked. Right. And I was married to his dream girl. I mean, he loved her. And so like his life sucked. So of course he was a grumpy dick. But you fast forward two years, he's married to his dream girl. He now lives in the mansion. He has her health insurance. Blah 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 blah. I'm living in the rental property, lost all the money, da 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 da. But I was still pretty happy. She was still looking for more and he was still a grumpy dick. So it didn't matter <laughs> what happened. We just kinda had this happiness set point. Uh, so And you think that happens in your twenties? I think, yeah, probably 25, 26. It's kind of like your self-esteem sets when you're 12, you know? Does it? Yeah, you ever meet those people that, like, you could tell they were a hot middle school kid? Like, <laughs> not, I wouldn't think they're hot now, but I'm saying they were, you know, that the first girl in middle school to get boobs, so she's, like, hot shit for, like, five years, but she never, she keeps getting bigger, but she's 30, and now she's huge, but she still has that fucking hot chick mentality because she had boobs first, right? Like, that's, I mean, I'm know. not sure I'm with you on this no? one. No? You don't? Uh, I mean, most, I mean, I see where you're most coming Most of the beautiful from. women I know think they're fat and ugly because they were awkward when they were 12. Hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I just think I think there's a point where your self-esteem, if you feel good about yourself in seventh grade, you'll feel good about yourself forever. And if you feel awkward and weird, you kind of always feel awkward and weird. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I, I don't know. I was a pretty homely 12-year-old. Yeah? Yeah. And now I'm like, it doesn't, I don't care. I, I'm the, yeah, I'm good. All right. Yeah. So, so you, you, <laughs> but you, did you feel good about yourself when you were 12? I don't know. Okay. I, yeah. Maybe. No. Probably not. I bet you did. You think? You seem like a guy who's probably always felt good. I was about always pretty happy. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you don't have to be. I didn't. I, I don't mean you're. A, if you're an Adonis when you're 12, then you're always. I'm saying like if you are confident. Oh, oh, oh. It has nothing to do with what you look like. I'm saying your self-esteem. However you feel when you're 11 or 12 or 13, right in that little area. However you feel about yourself. Yeah. Okay. Is where you tend to feel about yourself your whole life. Yeah, I just never gave a shit. Whether you become mm-hmm. super okay. good looking and successful and rich, or whether you go the other direction. If you feel great about yourself when you're 12, you could end up being 400 pounds and still be like, "Look, well, these bitches want to fuck me." And you're like, "What? How? What?" But that's how it was when you were 12. You know. So I've got a buddy, buddy from high school like that. I gotta remember that. So 12. It's all about. So being I think your 12. happiness sets your self esteem sets in your 
12 year old when you're 12 and I think your your happiness sets when you're like 26 and you can change it it just takes a lot of work for both of those <laughs> things you know what I mean it's like your it's like your weight set point you know when you, you get to a point where your your body has a set point where you just kind of tend to stay and if you eat a shit ton of food you'll get fatter and your set point will move up and if you go crazy diet work out whatever your set point will go lower but once you set it then it kind of hovers around there until you do some actual work one way or the other yeah, to change it. So I think that's where your ha- where happiness is too. You can you can change your happiness once you're thirty five, but it's harder. So I so that agree so, with say, this. so to twenty two year olds, get happy. That's the point, and that's why I hang to out 12, with them, to twelve twelve year olds. No, twelve year olds need to feel good about themselves. Twenty two year olds need to learn how to be happy. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's thirty for relationships. <laughs> and you should all, so and, much and, information coming out. Well, and, and, and high and, gravity and you beer. Always drinking. date. 15 years apart. Fucking Brad. There you go. 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. Dudes are about 15 years delayed from women emotionally. And women age about 15 years worse than men. So if you keep that together, she'll always be hot, and you'll always be the same maturity level as her. I'm not wrong. He's not. He's not. And, you know, (laughs) what I was saying about the relationship. He's just laying it down. Just laying it down. <laughs> when I said relationships set at 30, the one thing I've noticed is uh, when it comes to your personality traits, I guess, if you start dating when you're in high school or you're 20 years old, most of those people get divorced. Once sure. you hit 30, you've kind of, because you start out oh, both no kind of the same. no one should be allowed to get married until they're 30. Well, right, but you start out like the same, and then by the time you hit that 30 point, you've grown so vastly different. Right. And then your personality kind of takes takes hold and sets, and by the time you start meeting people after that, you pretty much that's when people stay together a lot longer. Well, yeah, but at least but, that's what it feels like. That, that, and that's totally no, true. Right. I mean, I've always said that you can't you can't decide who you want to be with as an adult until you're an adult. Like when you're in college, yeah, the, the relationship is great. You both go to school 15 hours a week and fuck the rest of the time. Of course you're happy, you know. And then you get both get a 50 hour a week job, and now you know. I mean, I, my first wife. I mean, that was same. I mean, I remember I knew my my first marriage wasn't going to work when. There was a summer my my first wife was got her CPA so she was she was taking the CPA exam so she's studying for the CPA exam and that same summer to make ends meet I did a stint as a birthday clown so we're in the living room and she's yes. studying for the CPA and I'm trying to learn how to make a balloon dog and I'm like you know what our lives are going in completely different directions I don't think this is going to work out <laughs> I can see you sitting in the living room studying together yeah and, and I'm like absolutely and she's like what you quit with that goddamn and I'm like for work. <laughs> So yeah, so that didn't go good. Uh, <laughs> but, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, but uh, you know, I just think that. But you're right. I think that once you once you are older, now I will say that the idea that two people are going to grow and change at the same speed in the same direction for 30 years is kind of ludicrous, right? I mean, that being married 50 years thing was when you used to meet five people in your whole life. Now you can yeah. meet all of them. So no I mean, Facebook. you know, I mean, it's like, you know, my girlfriend and I, I love her. We've been together six years. She's awesome. But if either one of us became born again Christian tomorrow, we'd break up. We'd have to, you know, you can't, I mean, so I don't know. I just think that it's, it, I, I don't know why people, if a relationship doesn't last forever, it wasn't successful. Cause like my second marriage Wait, was 10, I was with her 10 years and it was a great marriage. We had a great time. And we both helped each other get where we needed to go. And then it was over. There was a point where it was like, yeah, we've this is taking its lived its to, to, taking its toll or its course. She wanted Take to have a kid. <laughs> I mean, say we, we we'd run our we'd run its course. It, it, and, and I'm happy for her. She's still one of my best friends. I'm happy. You know, it just it it doesn't just because something ends doesn't mean it was not successful. Well, it's kind of like work. I, I would agree. With I that. mean, people who get jobs and do their thing when they 
they work at a company, they have a good time. I mean, with me with uh, radio, I was in it until it just, I don't know, it wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't the same. Right. And I, I it was like, okay, it's time to move on. But it got me to where I am now. Yeah. It was that stepping stone. Yeah. And that's, and that's where, you know, I mean, and there's, there's relationships. I mean, you know, uh, there's relationships that get, I call get you out of the building, you know, where like you're in a relationship that's bad and then you meet somebody new and you're like, oh, and that makes you kind of get out of the terrible structure you're in. Right. But then that doesn't work out either because they were just there to get you out of the building. They were, their, their job wasn't to, to be yours for the rest of your life. I mean, I don't know. I just think that, um, we, we put too much. I also think people with relationships, they, <laughs> A lot of people just pick the wrong person. Yeah. But most people, I think where most people make a mistake is they believe that any relationship can work if they just try hard enough. And that's just not the case. You have to have be somebody's match. You know, the analogy I came up with is like if, if, if you got a blue sock and a red sock, those don't match. No matter how hard either one of those socks tries. You they don't match them pretty hard, you know, and, and, and sometimes well, they'll be the same color, but they'll have a different colored toe. One has a gold toe, one has a silver toe and out in public with shoes on, it looks like they match great. Get home, take your shoes off. Those motherfuckers don't match. You got to find someone who matches you. You can't be just, <laughs> and then what happens is when, 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 when a relationship doesn't work out because it's not the right match, people get mad because they're like, well, you didn't try hard enough. You know, it's like, well, no, there's no trying to make two people that don't match match. It's not how it works. I also think there's an arc too. Like, oh, we matched for a while, and then we went away. I mean, you know, when my second wife wanted to have a kid, that was her whole thing. I'm like, well, I don't want to have a kid. It's been a great ten years, but I'm not having a kid. So was that the breaking point there? No, nah, I fucked a 23 year old girl, but it doesn't matter. That's a whole other thing. But uh, <laughs> no, essentially, Angela and I fell in love with different people simultaneously. So why she was so that's I convenient. I well, I, that's how my life worked out. I uh, I um, I was da- I I was dating this girl. I was. Yeah, I was dating a girl for lack of a better thing, and uh, it was just to be a little fling for the summer. And Chris, or Angela, and I had like an open relationship. We we're like we were allowed to make out with other people, just don't have sex with anybody. It was kind of our deal. And so, but I kind of was, I hadn't had sex with her, but I flipped for this girl. I was like, oh my, she's amazing. And so I knew Ed loved Angela, and Angela kind of had a thing for her. They had this little bond, and they would whenever we get in a fight, she talked to him. So I just kind of nudged them together so I could be with this other girl, and then you know whatever. And then that girl flitted away. But that's diabolical it shit. Out. I mean, now Angela and Ed are happy and have a baby, so diabolical yeah. or helping the world? Isn't that <laughs> technically the same? But diabolical makes it like sound like I'm evil, I guess is what I'm saying. All diabolical plots are evil, right? They're not like, oh, wow, the UNICEF has a really diabolical plot to end hunger. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> diabolical implies that it's it's evil, correct? I don't know. I just, brilliant in a mischievous oh, way. In a okay. So anyway, so yeah, so <laughs> what is the definition of diabolical? I'll have to look it up. But but it, it <laughs> has, I, I know, to do it. But Brian, <laughs> to you that has an evil connotation, right? It does. It feels like it does. I mean, yeah. I guess in a way you <laughs> could say that the Emperor of Star Wars had a diabolical plot, but his goal was to bring peace across the galaxy. So it's kind of good, right? See, yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. I, we're gonna need to know the definition of diabolical, but we got it. All right, here we go. We're looking belonging up. to or so evil as to recall the devil. Oh, so it's evil right in the definition. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know. That's I why I, I took will. offense. I knew I was right to be offended by your words. I didn't mean to offend you. I don't use words so good. <laughs> that was Nikki on the camera, by the way. It was. It was. <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we have a guest in the studio. She's done so hard, or she's working so hard not to laugh the entire time. I know, right? Yeah, why yeah. do you not just laugh? It's I know, okay, right? right? <laughs> not that a comedian loves more than when a girl covers her mouth and won't let herself laugh. That makes us feel great. <laughs> Make noise. Yeah, it's okay. This show is a shit show. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You want to try one of these beers? Yeah, I'm gonna try one. You convince me. Nikki's having a second one. She was she was my my. I think if, it doesn't make the super bitter taste. It makes you make the face. You know. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to make the face. And it's got alcohol in it. Oh yeah, alcohol's a good thing. Oh look at that. Perfect. I'm out ahead. Uh oh. You gotta jerk it off better. Usually much better at that. Yeah, you're okay. I'm not gonna get the middle of that. So you want to jerk it off hard and fast. Okay. Well, that's, that's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. So maybe we should Is that get... what you use in the pitch meetings when you're trying to sell the thing? Actually, no. <laughs> no, he uses his own dick in the pitch meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what the fuck are you talking about? The slide deck. The slide deck? For your deck? pitch. Devin's... You've told the story before when you were trying to pitch to a certain client that um, no. somebody might have. I sent a dick pic. To oh, there you go. Okay, a vendor fault. on accident. My fault. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Either way, I'll tell the story. Okay, let's. Um, so I was uh, <laughs> I was having trouble getting my phone to drag and drop the photos from the phone to the sure. email, and I had to. I figured out that if I just type the file name in, it would work. Right. And I'm terribly dyslexic, and I transposed an eight and a nine, <clears throat> and in, a, in an email titled "Critical Measurements," <laughs> included a picture of myself. <laughs> Not even a good dick pic, like flaccid. Why do you have bad dick pics on your phone? I take a lot of dick pics. Yeah, but why are there bad ones? Don't you don't delete the bad ones? I have a lot of memory on okay. my phone. So I don't know. Just, just... All right. And this one was sent. This one was a sent dick pic. Like, I sent it. I was like, good morning, babe. I was in, I think I was in Las Vegas at the time. Gotcha, gotcha. I, so I travel a lot. Sure, right? okay. So, sure. And, you know, dick pics, this is one of my main forms of communication. <laughs> and I've never sent a dick pic. <laughs> really? No. Just try it. Nah. It's all about angles. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I just, uh, but well, anyway, obviously this, that angle wasn't great. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But obviously I was very comfortable with the girl I was sending it to. Sure. So, um... <laughs> It ended up in the email, and then I get a call from a person that was CC'd on the email, and he said, did you just send Dan a dick pic? And I said, no, I did not. He's like, yeah, you did, motherfucker. <laughs> you better check that email. So I checked the email, and I indeed sent one of our vendors a picture of my penis in an email titled Critical Measurements. <laughs> so did you then, what'd you do then? Just I tried to, up, vendor, I'm like, hey, you? no, no. I mean, they're a vendor. I pay them money. Oh, so. okay. All right. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like so it was a like customer. like sexual harassment more than like. <laughs> eh, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's so <laughs> He funny. didn't seem to care. Okay, well, that's good. I Maybe mean, you liked an accident. it. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it's funny it, as shit. I mean, it was like, a, we had a manager that sent me and Tony a text on accident that said, I want to bury my nose in your ass. And we're like. Uh, this weekend or when he's like, oh my god! I'm so, he's like this 23 year old kid. He just like, about jumped off the bridge. He said something he was supposed to send to his girlfriend. That's so, pretty awesome. Yeah, so that's fun to. Yeah, no, I'm not a dick pic guy. It's not my deal. Hmm. I had an employee send me um, a naked photo of herself over the weekend, and then the next day I'd be like, I can't believe I did that. I was really drunk. That's fun. Yeah. I had a, a comic buddy that my favorite, Jim Luger's Big Jim, was my favorite joke of his. He says uh, he, he got divorced because a girl he worked that worked for him sent him a naked picture or whatever. And he's like, you know, I told my wife, I'm like, look, I, I, I didn't ask for it. I didn't act on it. I didn't delete it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not a, not a big dick pic guy. Because I think, like, for me, I want... 
like like the you don't see my dick until the deal is closed. There's no turning back because that's I don't I'm not a big fan of my dick. I guess I don't know. You're not a fan of your dick. I'm not going to use it as a selling point. I guess as I'm saying. Mine's a selling point. Yeah, so yeah I can tell you guys the kind of guy that have a selling point. I don't. I'm like, and here's the dick. And they're like, ah, oh, god damn it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you got a great personality. Well, yeah. you know that's what you develop when you have a bad dick. I've always said if I had a better dick, I'd be a worse person, probably. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it really is. I, I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. Not quite the context, but, <laughs> but yeah, you have to develop a personality if you don't have anything going for you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the... I mean, did you ever see the uh, 30 Rock episode with John Hamm? Yes. Oh, it was so great. We're so like, great. Yeah, he's bad at everything. He's bad at everything, but everybody laughs at all his jokes and loves all his cooking because he's so good looking that no one, and he's like, oh yeah, people love this recipe. And she's like, ah, ah. She's, <laughs> she's like, oh, it's great because she wants to have sex with John Hamm. You know, so that's, that's. Uh, he's got a monster cock. Yeah? Yeah. Have you seen the pictures? I haven't. We'll have to put a link in the show notes. <laughs> it's, that thing is goddamn amazing. Are we going to put a link into the one you accidentally sent to the. Maybe. <laughs> the cover art for the depends on how many ridiculously alcohol contentified beers we have sure (laughs) before we talk much about being entrepreneurs i'm sure we've talked much about being no we haven't (laughs) so (laughs) so what made you hire hofstetter i mean Uh, what what, what brought him in what was the point of uh i guess yeah what was kind of family (laughs) thanks brad i know right (laughs) thanks for coming in just now keep us on track man it's been an hour uh well years we can tell that's why people listen to the show (laughs) right (laughs) no so steve uh basically approached us and said uh, or no actually tom simmons who's a buddy of mine steve was his agent or manager at the time and so tom happened to be in at the club we weren't doing well and uh uh he said well uh, Steve's a marketing guy. You should call Steve. So I called Steve, and he was actually trying to get into a club at that point because he, he thought that owning a club would help him, which it actually did. It got him a TV show on Fox, and it got him a lot of other stuff that's cool uh, that worked out from owning the clubs. But anyway, um, he came in and was like, well, let me let me do Fourth of July weekend, which is a terrible weekend in comedy. Nobody ever comes out for that. And I'll market it and see if I can get people out. And if I do, then we'll talk. And so like 500 or 600 people out that first weekend and we were like oh well this guy knows what he's doing i mean so he just he just knew the right way to do it i mean you know a couple things helped us that they they just they had some business acumen that we didn't have i mean just like we did groupon for the first time and sold like 1500 groupons which gave us like twenty thousand dollars in capital which we needed and then um nice they were like just yeah just your rent's too high just stop paying your rent and eventually they'll negotiate with you which i didn't think was i'm like what like yeah i mean it's commercial real estate there's so many people that have these buildings that you know you just don't pay for a while and they figure it out you know? Stop so, paying. i'm gonna try this next, <laughs> next i'm not month. sure that's a good now but i mean at the time it worked now part of it was that our landlord was in bankruptcy so they didn't give a shit so they were just like okay well anything you can give us we'll so we renegotiate our lease and whatever so so they helped us a lot in the very beginning and and continued steve continues to help us a lot with stuff so um yeah so i mean I guess the, 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 the point would be don't ever think you know what, what you're talking about. You know, like don't always know I know the answer. If you have somebody that knows more than you do, listen to them and do what they say or yeah, but get their advice. Sometimes people don't know what they're saying. Right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You get somebody that. More they, often than not. Yeah. I mean, I generally, the people that talk the most know the least. Yeah. But I'm saying find people that know what they're doing and ask them what they did as opposed to, you know, not thinking you know everything. I don't know. Like that's, that's the thing that drives me crazy about people sometimes is like, do you ever have a thing where like you argue with somebody and like 14 or 15 times in a row they're wrong 
to the point where they admit they, oh, yeah, you're right. We should have done that. Oh, you were right about that. We should have done that. And then the 16th time they argue with you with the same confidence they had the first 14 times, it's like, how do you not realize that you're wrong all the time? Like, how do you still have this much confidence in your judgment when it's been so bad for so long? I don't get how this works. You well, know what I mean? Like, But that confidence is in their judgment. Yeah, but they have it's terrible It's like a judgment. loop. Yeah, it's like, okay, but you, the, like, you know, the, the, oh, I'm a great judge of character, and then they date 10 assholes in a row. It's like, no, you're not a good judge of character. You have no idea what you're doing. Come on, man. <laughs> like... Ah, yeah, so, you know. Well, I mean, it takes all kinds. I guess, right? I mean, I. How was the, uh, or what made you, um, I guess, decide to leave your lo- last location? Because you've moved over the past yeah, year. Yeah, we moved. Uh, we were at 96th Street, and we moved to 82nd Street. And honestly, it was just it was that our lease was coming up. We thought our lease was a little too high. They didn't want to negotiate with us. We were in the back of that sushi place. It was really hard to see us from the road. 96th Street is pretty crazy when it comes to, like, DUIs and stuff. So I think people were just afraid to go out and, and whatever. Um, and then we went into that Don Pablo's building at 82nd Street, and it was like, oh, this place is awesome. And it has an upstairs bar and a full kitchen. It was the same exact price as our old place. Well, yeah, it had been sitting there forever. It no, like, it was oh, was Don, it? It was still, was it, Mom, still... it was still Don Pablo's at the time. Okay. Like, we actually took over the last oh, I was two thinking years. of the one in... Uh, on the south side. Yeah, yeah, that one's close. For them. But, but they were wanting to get out of their lease, and they still owed X number of dollars on their lease. So they, they, And the other thing, too, is they left all their stuff. They left all their TV, all their kitchen, kitchen equipment, all their stuff. So Because we were saving them you know, X number of dollars on the, uh, for the next two years on, on their lease. So they are like, yeah, you can just have all our kitchen equipment. So we ended up with like $30,000 worth of kitchen equipment for free. We have a full, we have, you know, I mean, our, our walk-in fridge is the size of our entire kitchen at the other place. So it just made it just That's made a lot pretty of sense. awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, once I saw it, I was like, and people were like, "But I love the play." And then once they saw it, they were like, "Oh no, this is a super great move. This is exactly." <laughs> so it's taken us a while to kind of build. I mean, you know, we I think we lost some percentage, like t- maybe twenty. Do you guys do our, a show every night? Uh, no, we do an open mic on Wednesday, and then the national shows are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we have shows on Sundays, like once, twice a month, and then uh, like right now we're in the middle of Can You Rock, which is a live band karaoke thing that we're doing we got like three weeks left of that so we're gonna start doing one of the things we want to start doing is be like the place to go for drinking holidays so like we're doing a comedy show with a band on fat tuesday this year um we're gonna saint patrick's day is a friday so we're gonna have a one comedy show and then a a irish band and do that kind of thing because it's just a cool venue like new year's eve was super fun with a band after the show um so we do that with uh, Cinco de Mayo. We've got uh, Willie Barcena, who's hilarious, uh, a Mexican comic, and so he's going to come in and do one show, and then we're going to have a band afterwards and party. And so we want to become like the place that you go party. That's on sounds party like a holidays. good angle. So yeah, because it's kind of my strong suit. So my birthday, we're going to have Mike and Joe play, and then do a beer pong tournament. Last year we had a beer pong tournament with like I think twenty eight teams in it. So it was, that's awesome. It's good times. I came so, in second. <laughs> Got beat by Pat McAfee, son of a bitch. Of course he was going to win. Yeah, he's more athletically talented than... I just good at everything, son of a bitch. Love the guy, but he's he's the best ping pong player I've ever seen in my life. It's ridiculous. Like Asian style? Yeah, just like... We play to see how many... Like, if you get eight points against him, you're, that's, you're like the, you'll win the night. You'll have the most points against him. He's just amazing. <laughs> it's just dumb. How good he is. He's good at cornhole. Like, I've never seen him not hit it right in the middle. And his clothes are so vajazzled. <laughs> Bedazzled clothes? No, I don't think so. That's not what it's called. No, oh, no. Bedazzled. Bedazzled. When you put the shit on your vagina. <laughs> that's a little bit of a different. That is a different. Sorry, a different, Pat. That's all right. If you ever watch this, sorry. 
<laughs> That'll never happen. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Where do we go from here? I, I don't really know. Um, I guess the uh, back to the back to the transition. Did the kitchen like help? I mean, now that you're a year in. Or almost, has it been a year yet? Thanks, Yeah, it's, it'll be in April 1st as we move, so it's, it's almost a year. Um, you know, I mean, our food's way better. We do Our check average did go up because I think people are buying more food. What's funny about the world, too, and this is the other thing that's, that's, that's tough, is like it's hard to convince people that you're, that you're something different. Like they, people get a, a, a thing in their head, and you yeah, can't what shake it is. that yeah. from them. So, like, it was a Mexican restaurant. Don Pablo's was. That area, I thought... Well, now the Mexican restaurant's leaving. There's no Mexican restaurant within a couple miles. We'll just be open for lunch, serve Mexican food, and those people will come here. Nope. Nobody. Like, we were open every day for the first four months, and, like, nobody. And then they opened a Mexican restaurant on the other side of Chick-fil-A, packed every day. It's not like they had a bunch of radio commercials or I saw them on TV. They just put up a sign that said Mexican food and people are like, oh, Mexican place. We're a fucking Mexican place. How is that? <laughs> you know, but like people, or like even the bar upstairs. Like we'll do a, we'll, after the shows, we'll do $3 you call it's, you know, on, on Fridays and Saturdays at the upstairs bar. What's the $3 you call it? Anything you want for $3. That's a really good deal. It's a really good deal, right? And so like after the show, $3 you call it's upstairs. Come hang out with the comics. You just laugh for an hour and a half with these guys. You thought they were great. Come drink with them. No, nope, we're going to go across the street to a bar. You're going to sit with the people you're sitting with right now, yeah? Yeah. You're going to meet anybody over there? No. Well, why would you pay $6? Because that's a bar. This is a comedy club. I can't drink in a comedy club. I see comedy in a comedy club. I don't drink. You know what I mean? So it's just weird. So it's just a weird, like, and there's certain comics, like when you had Burt Kreischer, who's a big drinking comic, the people came to party with him, they went up and party with him, you know, or when McAfee's there or whatever. But like, you know, just uh, Henry Phelps is a fun drinking comic and Saturday, no, just the staff. I mean, we have a good time up there, but it's like, <laughs> you know. Do you think uh, changing the name would have done something to that? I, I mean, mean we made people it, think differently. Like, it's a new well, place. Well, Morty's Comedy Joint and Mexican Grill is what we called it on the sign. But mm-hmm. then people were like, I don't understand what a Mexican Grill is. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know what to tell you. It's a, we have Mexican food. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it, it's not like 100 people came in and didn't like our food and just never came back. I mean, like we just never had anybody show up. It was just, you know. So, cause There's got to be something there, though. I, you know, I mean, I, I wanted to name it Morty's comedy joint that also serves really good Mexican food from time to time. Like, that's what I was going to call it. Like, that's man, a really put, good idea. Put that on the sign. Like, <laughs> Morty's comedy joint. But we also say, yeah, like had this big long explanation, but it was like, I don't know if people would buy it or think it was funny or whatever. But I think so, they, I think that people would buy it. And well, think you'd people, think, but I would think just Mexican Grill would have done that. But no, it just confuses people. It's half-assed. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should have gone for you it. You mailed that one in. Yeah. I think you need a guy out there with a sign just waving it around, dressed in Statue of Liberty costume. I don't know. Yeah, you think? Yeah. People <laughs> no. showing up to get their taxes I think it's, done. Who's just wandering around with gold in their car? Like, oh, fuck, there's where you do it. Like, why is that an impulse buy? How is that an impulse buy? How is the bird store and the fucking cash for gold guy on the side of the road? How many, who, are people just running around with gold in their car? Like, oh, yeah, I should get rid of all this gold that I have. What the fuck is... My glove box is getting full. <laughs> of gold. Of I, gold. You know, I still, I don't know how that would, I get like, oh, I need to do my taxes. Oh, yeah, I'll go to the tax place. Like, like that one, I guess. Everybody has to do taxes and you forget about it until you see a sign. I just don't know who, how the cash for gold guys, how that's their name, their marketing plan. I don't understand. No, after being in business for quite a while now, I, I really don't understand a lot of businesses. Yeah, there's. There's yeah. tremendous amounts of business that. Well, anybody, when anybody calls me and goes, well, I want to start this business, what do you think? Well, I always go, well, there's really only one factor. 
how much money can you afford to lose until you go out of business? <laughs> that would determine on whether this is going to work or uh, not. Have you been to the Lafayette Square Mall in a while? <laughs> oh, no. Went this weekend. Oh, God. It's What, six uh, shoe stores? Delight. What's in there now? Wig stores, <laughs> uh, shoe stores, yeah, yeah. Uh, value stores. Um, you can get gold teeth at, nice. at two kiosks. <laughs> two different grill kiosks? Yeah, and That's they're fun. right next to each other, so the competition has to be fierce. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, oh, and churches. Yeah, I worked at uh, the Glendale Mall at the Hands. I was served at the Hands Glendale Mall before Glendale Mall went. And that, man, by the end of Glendale Mall, it was pretty. It was pretty, t- pretty terrible. About six shoe stores, and that was it. I, I love, I love the deterioration of malls. It's, it's just fascinating to me. Well, I'm really interested to see where commercial rent rates go in the next five years because I've seen and heard some things where like. Half of all commercial real estate properties are going to be vacant in the next five years. It has less, to be. Less, and pe- less people go to brick and mortar and everybody's going to the internet. Well, I mean, how many high-end, or uh, not even high-end, but just well-known department stores or clothing stores have gone out in the past couple of years? All of them? I know. It feels like it. Sears yeah. is about to tumble. You've got H.H. Gregg's on you know on the ropes. You've got uh, what, a lot of the... Um, Macy's, Nordstrom, they're all gone. Yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen with all these commercial spaces for a thing like a comedy club because we're, we're always going to need a space. Like we're not going to do that on the internet, obviously. So so we're going to have to have. A, I mean, restaurants are the same thing. You know, are are those rents going to plummet because there's so much more demand, or do, are landlords going to then try to spike it to try to get, you know, to try to charge the people that do need their space? You know what I mean? Like like interesting. I'm 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 interested to see where rents go in the next five years because I don't know what's going to happen. It's got to go up, right? Well, I mean, you'd think or it just, it really just depends on how, how strong the landlords stick together. You know, I mean, like I worked at a car dealership at a college and for like three months. I worked at a Ford dealership and I saw, I sold three cars. One of them was to me. I sucked at it, but <laughs> um, I didn't even give myself a good deal, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I got a good commission, but a shitty payment. But, uh, uh, but like the fact that there was a Ford dealership a mile down the road that would cut our throat every day is what, you know, it was just weird, you know? Like, so so I would try to sell a guy a car, and then he would go across the street and get $500 off. So, I mean, if landlords start competing like that, then it'll all plummet. But if they stick together and go, actually, if we just don't, if we just kind of all, because there's, what, eight of them probably that own everything in this town. Right. If they just go, hey, let's just not blink and, you know, just not steal each other's... Co- I mean, it's cause like... Otherwise known as collusion, which is pretty much what Comcast and everybody else does. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's how our business is going on some level, but like... But it's kind of like, you know, like... Um, uh, uh, well, shit. What was I thinking about? Um, Damn it, Brad. I lost one. You've only had like two drinks of beer, I too. know. It's not the beer. I just... Uh, <laughs> it's not the beer. But it's just... I mean, if they if people stick together, you know, then, then I think that the, the rents might go up. But if they start stabbing each other, then... They'll go down. It just depends on. They're going to break. It's got to go down. Yeah, you think? I've changed my position. I think they're going to break? Yeah. yeah. Well, they have to, right? They want to make money. They've yeah, got I the mean, mouths to feed, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. Now, a lot of them, now, I will say, I've got a buddy who's in commercial real estate, and he was telling me that, like, when you see a, like, when you see a restaurant go out of business, and then that building's open, empty for, like, three years, if it's a corporation, if it's a corporate restaurant, they're paying that full note. That They're paying their monthly rent for the next three years unless they're going to go bankrupt as a, as a corporation, which doesn't happen. Back to Don Pablo's? Yeah, or, oh. or you know, <laughs> uh, or when they put the roundabout up at 96th and Keystone, oh, yeah. and Carabas went out, a Macaroni Grill, and a couple of those that were up there, but 
yeah, they're probably still paying rent right now. So right. rent's probably cheaper than what they were losing. Well, for sure. I mean, it definitely is. If they're like, if they were losing thirty thousand dollars a month, and now they pay fifteen a month to, to not. I mean, it makes more sense. But that's also why the landlord is not motivated to 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 sell it to you at eight thousand because he's like, I'm getting fifteen from Carabas and I can't rent it to two people. So the minute that I get a new land lender or land uh, a tenant, then I take I would lose half my money. Fair so, enough. So we'll see when all those corporate those when we're talking about those stores that just went out, they right. probably had a five or ten year lease. So when those leases are up and now they're having that building that's not getting paid at all, you know. But it also depends on how mortgaged they are, I guess. You know, if they've if they've got the building paid off, then they really don't give a shit on some level. They gotta pay some property taxes, but you know, you gotta mow it occasionally, I guess. But Yeah. But you know, do you wait two years to get the right tenant or do you just blink and I don't know. I'm I'm not in that business. Yeah. So we're, we're both apparently very bad at this. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. All I've learned in the last six years is I'm an idiot. So that's, I learn know. that every day. I really do. It's yeah, so. <laughs> it's like I seek it at this point. In yeah. My life. <laughs> yeah. I I've just tried to stop. I'm like, okay, don't just just try to like my goal in life is to own one comedy club and that's my only <laughs> I don't have any you know no my speaking business is also entrepreneur and I've done well with that I mean because but it's just so you me. still do that yeah yeah yeah. I still speak like I said three or four times a month and that's all you that's and then you just drink at the comedy club yeah and I just drink the comedy. I mean I do comedy occasionally like I've got a gig in Kentucky this weekend for a car dealership thing for you know make a little bit of comedy money that that way and then speaking money I've got some conferences here and there and nice you know so how do you get in on the conference speaking game do you like submit a tape well, at this point, it's all word of mouth. Like, I don't do any marketing. I have a website, but, like, every time I speak, I... I mean, I have an agent that lives in LA or San Francisco that I get about 30% of my stuff from. And then there's a thing I do called Freshman Focus, which is a freshman orientation camp for high school kids that I've done for about 12 years. And I have about seven or eight schools that have me back every year for that, um, just because it's always new kids. So mm-hmm. they just have me come do this orientation camp. Fresh audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same material. Yeah. Yeah, and it changes over time a little bit, but still, it's they, you know, it's not the same audience. And then um, the rest of it's just, you know, people that like I just booked one today that's for in March that they I was there two years ago. And they're like, oh, I want you back. I'm like, all right, cool. And then, um, you know, I, I spoke at a, a student council conference in Florida a couple months ago, and then one of those schools called me and had me in last week down there. So I mean, it just it's it generally what people see. It's real hard to get in if you're just sending. I mean, I've never found any way to market it like email or or call or anything. You just got to go do conferences. So like that Hobie thing I was telling you about, I do about eight of those a year and those are free. I don't charge them anything, but, but so go do shit for free. Yeah. It's 150 kids that are the best leader in their school. That's why they're there. And there's 150 different schools. So, you know, now you've got, you know, I'll, I'll book four or five things from that. Nice. I just did an entrepreneurial talk at Butler and told everyone to drop out of college. <laughs> I'm sure they love that. That's what I opened with. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I well mean, it was an entrepreneurial thing. I'm like, this is ironic. Sure. I mean, college, I will say, co- to me, college is not what you learn, but who you meet and you learn how to yeah, be who you are. You're the second person to say that to me. It's yeah. all about the social interaction. Oh, yeah, well, like, I mean, it helped me out completely. I wouldn't have been in radio, wouldn't have made it to where I am without college. Now, I didn't finish college, but college was the connector. Hmm. I mean, college was just so much fun for me. I mean, that, that five years was just amazing, and it turned me to who I into who I am, and and all my friends. And yeah, I mean, maybe still, I should quit poo pooing it. I mean, I, I I hung out with like I threw all the college parties. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think Didn't you had go to, to college. I don't, I don't at think all. you had to go to class to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, like, I mean, I don't have a problem. I'm just saying. It, it, I've always said this. It, 
you have to live 100 miles away from your parents for at least two years of your life or you're an insane <laughs> person, right? Because you, you have to yeah. get away and learn how to be an adult and be on your own and not have them kibitz in every decision you make. And, you know, and, and, and a lot of times, because I, I even think going to community college, it's a better financial decision. But if you're living at home, going to college, it doesn't count. It's not the same thing. You have to get the fuck away from your parents for two years so you and, change learn, my perspective and learn who you thing. are, you know? and discover yourself discover yourself i mean and literally just decide i mean because you can reinvent yourself a couple times and you can oh i like this i don't like that and and, and it's just you, you know you're on your own but not really and you're i mean so I, I i mean you couldn't pay me any amount of money to take away my college experience i would not now i also went to ball state for five grand a year and came out of school with eight thousand dollars in school debt and that was only because i wanted to party my senior year and not get a job so i took a student loan for eight grand and blew it all first semester and still had to get a job but like nice yeah but but i mean uh, I don't think, but I will say my buddy that went to Northwestern, right? Mm-hmm. Like his contacts are amazing. You know, like he has a guy that is a director on Broadway and a dude that's like the number three guy in in uh, Microsoft in Seattle. And, you know, I went to Ball State, so I know a guy who runs an Arby's, you know? So there's different contacts you get from a bigger really? name school. But I mean, like. What year? Northwestern. Uh, he graduated in 96 or 7, probably. No. I partied up there a lot in like 2002. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. 2003-ish. Did you ever do yucca? Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten so blacked out oh, drunk on yucca. Yeah. It's a whole team building exercise. Oh, yeah. It's yucca's the greatest. It uh, is It's really the worst good. and the greatest. Have you ever, Brad, you ever done yucca? I have not. It's, uh, you take a gallon jug of wine, like with the little circle hole on it. Right. Right. And you dump all the wine out or you drink it, whatever. And then you fill it full of ice. You don't you, dump it out. You put in a liter of vodka, squeeze nice. in six lemons and a cup of sugar. You cap it, you put in a towel, and you shake it for one hour exactly. Not yeah. 59 minutes, not 61 minutes. You but pass one it minute, around. And you pass it in a circle. If you want to drink, you got to shake. So everybody takes a shake, and you pass around the circle for one hour, and then when the alarm goes off, you chug it in a circle until it's gone. Nice. And you think that it's going to come around like twice. So that first time, you're like, rah, 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 rah. I want to get as much as I can because I paid $3 and whatever. And mm-hmm. then it comes around like 11 times. And by the end, you're like, I'm going to die. I can't have any more of yucca. And then you are <laughs> I've been super at, hammered. I've been at parties where there were two batches of yucca made. <laughs> oh, geez. For not a lot of people. Yeah, I yeah. can't imagine. That's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, <laughs> that's like doing two century clubs. That's not a good idea. <laughs> no, that, that, that yucca. Oh, man. That's that's the that was the start of the divorce of my uh, now ex wife was uh, really? oh de yucca yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. so 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 then are you excited about yucca then or is it was yeah it, no it's so great okay yeah see that's yeah, that's yeah life changing life changing yeah, yeah so yucca, yeah. Yucca, almost as good as mushrooms yucca saved your life I like that <laughs> yucca saved my life it did actually a vitabong saved my life because um, I had gone to pass out and uh, my friends were like no you're not passing out yet and a vitabong. Is something we've also developed in the north northwest where you take it's one bush light um it is a five hour energy it is a gatorade and four advil <laughs> <laughs> so you got your electrolytes you got your you got your energy you got your beef you get your vitamin b you usually you take them your, in the morning that's great yeah <laughs> and a shot of jaeger okay just for and, good measure yeah well just for good measure and i would i would gone to go pass out i'm laying in bed passed out my friend comes busting in the room with a surprise beer bong or, vi- or a surprise vita bong and shoves a hose in my face and you're either going to drink it or get wet so you drink it sure yeah and then you're up and yeah there you go on about my way i went but i yeah. remember that there's That's a much so, longer story so, that goes so it's, it's 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 a bush light a five-hour energy a gatorade and four advil yes and you bong it yes that's amazing 
Because yeah. we started doing... Uh, it really really gets your motor going in the started, morning. We started doing... Uh, uh, you cut the hole in a Red Bull can and pour vodka into the Red Bull. Pour a little Red Bull out, pour vodka into the Red Bull, and then you shotgun the Red Bull. We call that a life changer. That's pretty it good. it just wakes you the fuck up and you're ready to go. So yeah. if you're ever having like a down day, we are like, oh, I'm kind of tired. Now just do a life changer. But that's even better. Vitapong. Oh, God. I got to take that back to some people. That's going to be a... <laughs> that's going to be... A, oh, no. That's going <laughs> to spread around. That might be a thing. That, that's awesome. I love the Advil part. <laughs> yeah. And they go right down. You don't even notice. Yeah. 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 That's great. <laughs> you got any more business you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a good time. <laughs> How long has this been? I don't even know how long we've been talking. Uh, we've been going for about an hour and eight minutes. Oh, oh right. nice. sounds about right. It's about it's a good episode. Any yeah. more any more business questions over there, Brad? Keeping us on track <laughs> as we talk about. I think I've tapped out with frat that. boy stuff. Have you guys taken investors? <sighs> yeah, it's never worked. How'd out. that go? It's never worked out. Tell us about that. Yeah, the problem with investors in something this stupid is they're they're not good decision makers. Mm. Like anybody who's going to invest money in this is a crazy person. Because only a crazy person would do that. So then you have to deal with them being crazy people. Like, you know, and what's funny is like we've had the other two for sale and like all these guys. Oh, yeah. All right. I've got, I've got a business partner who's my mind, my finance guy. And I'm like, the minute you say you have a finance guy, I know you're not going to buy this. Because a finance guy would never approve this. He would be like, no, this is a stupid idea. It's not going to make any money. I don't do things that don't make money. But it's going to be fun. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about fun, dude. I'm a finance guy. Right? So like that's part of it is is so we've had some investors, but it's always I mean, I'm still friends with some of them. It's just never been a, it's, anybody who's ever wanted to invest, I'm going to give you all this money. There's always some red flags of that. Well, I was going to say an investor, I mean, usually when investors look at a business, they're looking to, you know, double, triple their money, whatever it is. And comedy clubs, like a restaurant, unless you decide to go out there and pull a Scott Wise and, you know, sell your Scotties to a chain and make sure that it becomes a big thing. It's not really going to pay out the amount that they were. Who want. did he sell to? Uh, someplace in Phoenix. I can't remember what they're called, but they do chain restaurants. I mean, that's just what they I mean, do. I mean, and, and they're, again, they're people. I mean, I think you know the, the the Kilroy's guys are doing very well. Right. You know, I know Burton is a good friend of mine, and and, mm-hmm. and they do very well with their two locations in Indianapolis, and then they have you know Revel downtown or whatever. So there are t- people that can make money doing it. It's just it's I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where I think once you but if you spend the millions of dollars they spent refurbishing the the broader pool. Kilroy's and making it look right. amazing and then yeah. I mean, buying, that the bread, buying the breadstick rep recipe and then buying the name of the place that everyone loved when they were in college and then, you know, all that stuff. I mean, that's, you know, if you have the millions of dollars to do that, you know. Wait a I minute. Think, they bought the recipe for the breadsticks? Yeah, they're that they they they're not a – they went down the, the – the, yeah, the, the – I don't know which business partner, but, but he went to IU and loved <laughs> Kilroy's and they yeah. went to the Kilroy's people and said, hey, we want to pay you this much money a month for your name – and we want the breadsticks and a couple other things that they really liked. All the all the shooters, all the Long Islands, and the breadsticks. We're going to give you this much money a month. So they're not affiliated with with the IU Kilroy's. Did not know that. Yeah. So it was just a brilliant move. And then like literally everyone that went to IU is like, oh my god, Kilroy's! Oh my god, breadsticks! And now they're you know they're killing it. But they had all they had that first. They had a brilliant business plan and they were smart. But then two, they had the money to make that happen. Where you know I'm seeing a pattern here because Scotty's started out as a. You know, it was Ball State was the first one. Yeah, yeah. So Scott, Scott lived on my dorm floor freshman year. Right. So you know, he just he just wound up popping them up in all the campus areas, and then brought it to Indianapolis and said, you know, what? here we go. Everybody that went to school went to Scotty's. Now they're going here. Yep. Greeks did that a little bit too, because Greeks was right. at Ball State, and then they when they came here, um, Greeks. Greeks pizza. Oh, I was thinking of the Mad Greek. 
No. They're in Vegas. No. Nine Irish Brothers is starting it with Purdue to Indianapolis. So, yeah, I mean, you get I think people I've, fall in love with your place in college. They're gonna see. There's a lot more to college than I'm given credit for. <laughs> so college is great for me, man. I, 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 you know. But I think if you did something else, I mean, if you did, if you had a, a you know, a four year program where they did something else other than go to class and learn about shit they didn't need in the future, you, it'd still be the same experience. I mean, it's, it's the it's the experience of being on a campus, going, you know, meeting people. Going to parties, it's the social interaction. It's, it's, well, it's learning how to be an adult. I mean, it's 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 not an adult, it's, but it's well, it's not about being an adult. It's it's learning it's like how to a be stepping stone. Yeah, it's, it's, learn- it's like getting you out of the building, as you said earlier. Yeah, exactly. Because it's also too. It's but you you get you get interacting with people who aren't going to grow up, marry somebody, have a kid, live in a house, have a fifty-hour week job. Like there's other people in college. Like, oh, I don't have to do that. I can do this, or I can do that, or I can be this. You know, so that's like, that's part of it. And too, if you, when you grow up with your parents, and it's oh, this is what you do, and this is where you go, and then it's, you know, I mean, my dad, you know, just did what he was supposed to do. He never wanted to do anything. Well, I was going to say, how many times do you walk into college and you know what you're going to do, and you walk out of college with a completely different life plan? Yeah, for sure. And you may not have even finished college like I didn't. Again, it's just one of those things. I was going to be president of the United States. That was my goal in life. Right. That happened to my really pretty girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She went to be a theater major and then came out uh, a radio. Doing theater on radio. You got it? That's really not that big of a leap. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's all performance. It's all performance. It's all performance. All right. I went in to be a theater major too. So Did you? Yeah, I did. I did not know that. Trombone performance and theater major or theater. Yeah, I know. That, I can see you with the trombone that in your hands. That is a recipe sure. for some pussy right there. Trombone performance, everybody. And then I got involved in His the radio station. His girlfriend is surprisingly hot. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm saying the guy's an accomplished guy now. I'm just saying. I give him shit. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. No, it's. Oh no! So. I way out kicked my coverage. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the, yeah. So, but trombone performance—that's that's pretty intense. <laughs> Jazz was. Yeah, it was. Oh, jazz was, trombone. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's not. not it was way cooler than regular trombone. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> not one bit. Especially my, when I marched. My electrical engineer and a person I owe a lot of my success to was a is a trombone. Er, <laughs> he's a trombone. Trombonist. <laughs> yeah, I played uh, the trumpet in high school, but not uh, not well. I. Uh, because yeah, you had to you had to practice sheets your parents had to sign yeah and so I uh, made a recording of myself practicing the trumpet and then I just would play that in my room an hour every day see I would <laughs> that's I would, brilliant because I did not want to learn how to play right. the trumpet <laughs> and you never got any better oh of course not I mean, I mean it was the same tape I mean it was like I was right. shitty the whole time so, <laughs> I know but your parents were never like we should really check on him no my mom was like I don't think trumpets for you man you don't seem to be getting any better. <laughs> See, I'm what you call unrealized potential. I actually never practiced, beat everybody out, went to college, still held my own, and uh, I could have been I could have been great if I would have practiced. But I didn't, so therefore I just the best tromboner in the world. (laughs) No, but it's one of those where you're good at something, but it's you know you get burnt out. It's not what you want. I'm an amazing bowler, guys. There you go. I could have been a professional bowler. Yeah. Yeah, that's my. That's my, whatever that is. Calling? (laughs) No, it wasn't my calling, clearly. But (laughs) I decided to beat myself up with, you know, running my own business instead. And I started smoking a lot of pot. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How's pot helped hurt you with bowling? I think that would increase your ability to bowl. I got really into pot. Oh, that depends. Do they, do they uh, do drug testing like they do? (laughs) The PBA tour of a strict anti-pot rule. (laughs) 
You would think it would be that. sponsored by pot. Drug yeah. T- yeah. <laughs> yeah, the drug testing is stringent and stringent. professional bowling. Professional bowling. Now, I doubt they have any. It doesn't matter. I was going <laughs> to. You doubt they have any? Uh, no, I was going to make a terrible joke that I'm not going to make because, you know, it's not two years ago. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so bowling, huh? That's your That's your one skill? Yeah, that's your best one. I uh, yeah, I think comedy's where my passion. I mean, that's that's what I'm happy that I can. Cause I really like to write comedy jokes. I like that's my favorite thing to do is to write a joke, and it's the only thing I've actually ever worked at hard in my life. Like even motivational speaking, I didn't really work at. I just see. I like to speak. think that I uh, am good at writing jokes. I get stoned and I tell Surrey a joke and have her remind me, and then it comes <laughs> back later, and I can barely understand what it. Yeah, I have, I, lots of, I, I, I have a <laughs> comedy notebook, and I don't get stoned, but I have a comedy notebook where, like, there's times where, like, I've woken up, and, like, in all caps is a joke that I'm like, what the f-? Like, so there's two of my favorite. One, I woke up and it just said, uh, Jihad me at hello. <laughs> so <laughs> I have no idea what, <laughs> what that was or what we were talking about, but I thought it was so goddamn funny. And then uh, the other was... Uh, I was in Seattle. I, I think I had 21 shots of whiskey. And uh, it was a crazy night. And the next morning I woke up and in my comedy notebook it just said, and then you're getting fucked by all the straws. <laughs> and what I what that means, I have no idea. But we all laughed so hard. And I, to the point where I wrote it down in my book. Now you're getting fucked by all the straws. But I don't know what that means. Not the last straw. No. Yeah. But all the straw. I wrote all a joke the... over the weekend. Okay. Um, <laughs> did... It's already terrible if this is how it's starting. It's <laughs> Did you know that mom is spelt the same forwards as it is backwards? Like, wow, right? <laughs> really turned mom upside down for you, didn't I? God. <laughs> there it is. Palindrome jokes, everybody. Boom! Palindrome humor. Just when you thought puns were bad. Palindromes to the rescue. That's awesome. Come on, it's pretty good, right? It's pretty, it's pretty all right. It's pretty all right. I was so proud of myself. God. Yeah. That's so funny. Like, wow, right? That's the Like, line. wow, right? <laughs> She's, don't encourage him. See, Nikki's dying. That's not good. Typically, if a girl tells you how terrible it is, that makes you think it's even better. Yeah. Because yeah. what do you know? I mean, listen, my employees, my employees laughed at it today. You don't get dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. I think it's that women are attracted to terrible. So the more something is terrible, the more they're like, oh, this is so bad. I think I like it. That's right? true. Like assholes. I, and, yeah. You know, it's like, you know. Although uh, I, when it comes to women and men and jokes, Bowers knows um, you, you've talked about before on like Christie's podcast about what it takes to kind of be a comedian and having to retail yourself as you go through the you know the steps going through what was it the what you know dick jokes and stuff early and then you got to well, change it I, up for well what I was mentioning that on that podcast was that like the the problem with the, when you start comedy you're in front of bar shows and open mics which are mostly dudes right because guys right. drinking on a Tuesday at a bar aren't big fans of women that's why they're at a bar by themselves on a tuesday you know makes like sense they, they're single no real happy in relationship guys i've always said that i think the only reason that relationships even exist is because tuesday 
right? If, if weeks were only six days long, I don't think anybody would date anybody ever, right? Because like it's Wednesday, we're partying. Thursday, start of the weekend. Friday, Saturday, woo! Sunday, fun day. Monday night football. Tuesday, you're like, I'm sad. I wish I had somebody to cuddle with. I'm lonely, right? So if there was only six day weeks, no one would ever date anybody. But anyway, uh, so when you go to bar shows and you go to you go to open mics, it's all dudes, and so like both men and women alike, you know, guys are like. You know, these bitches and they're very misogynistic and whatever and that plays to that room and then girls are like I like to suck dick and all the guys are like and then that plays but then when you get to a, a comedy show on the weekend with paying customers that's ruled by women because that's who makes that decision right generally six dudes aren't like who's cool comedy unless it's like Louis C.K. or somebody they really love generally that's an idea of something fun to do that because women are always looking for fun new stuff to do guys are like I just want to get drunk at my bar what do we, we, we don't need new and women are like well, what comedy it'd be fun and so they drag their buzz. and now now the husband can't laugh the misogynistic joke or the I want to suck dick joke because his wife's there and she thinks that he's an asshole doesn't so, end well so it doesn't work so you gotta, you gotta learn how to you know play to that other audience of, of uh, and, and it's, I mean it makes you a better comic to not to not but it, but guys <clears throat> and girls form bad habits at those bar shows that's why you know people say stage time is important which it is but you also want to make sure it's good stage time you know like practice makes perfect but no perfect make, practice makes perfect if you practice incorrectly over and over again you're actually getting worse right you know so you got to practice in the right way. That's really true. You know, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've always, said, you know, don't don't confuse confuse uh, motion with movement. You know, so if you wake up every day and you're an entrepreneur and you make a billion phone calls that never go anywhere, you're wasting your time. Figure out how to make your model better because just because you woke up and worked all day doesn't mean you did anything. And so I've met a million people that like Fact. they just sit in their office and like no, I, but it's like I could call every Chuck E. Cheese in America once a month and try to get them to book me and they're not going to I, I yeah I woke up at 8 and I worked all day quote unquote but I didn't do anything so don't. yeah they got the robots that's probably a bad move yeah right I mean you're not going to compete with that mouse but I'm just saying like just in general you don't, don't, don't confuse motion with, mo- with movement you gotta be actually going don't somewhere. confuse motion with movement I like that you're full of good inspirational my quotes. goal in life is to have a quote You've got several. I know, but I'm saying like now. I'd like them to become, you know, like right. just to yeah, have a quote. I've been working on them and like just, I just, I try in to. In the year 3000, when they're looking back at Abraham Lincoln quotes, they got a Bowers quote. That's what I'm saying. Like at, like at the end of a criminal mind, we're like, don't confuse motion with movement. Chris Bowers. That then my life made it <laughs> when I'm on the criminal, in a criminal minds with the, you know. <laughs> you have to Google it though. And Dr. like it has to be, it has to be like somebody monumental, doesn't it? Well, I'm saying there's all kinds of quotes from philosophers and stuff that weren't necessarily yeah, monumental. where'd they come from? They seem like total douchers. Philosophers? Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I think they're the standard yeah, what comics. What did Plato ever do other than make that clay that's so fun to play with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think actually, I think stand-up comics are philosophers at this point. Like, that, that's our, that's, you don't have, you know, there's no DeCants or whatever his name was nowadays that you've got George Carlin or you've got Louis C.K. You've got people that are talking about things of the day. Wasn't that the uh, Mel Brooks History of the World st- uh, joke? What do you do? Stand-up philosopher? Oh, that's funny. Because he was, you know, back in Greek times. Right. So I think, yeah, I think so. There, there, there's some... It's an old movie. Some, I seen haven't it. seen it. I've seen it a long... It's not a long time ago. It's good to be the king. Okay. Yeah. I need to watch Blazing Saddles again. <laughs> it's a funny movie. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so. But yeah, so I think, I think comics are philosophers of today. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. I mean, some of us aren't, but... I try, to, I try to be a philosopher. I try to. But yeah, I just want to quote. I just want to quote in the world. That's all I want. It's called be. philosophers douchebags. 
That's all right. That's okay. You hate college. You hate philosophers, but we're still friends. I, yeah, we're still friends. Uh, <laughs> one of the last guests I had on the show, I was like, I never thought I'd be. Did we just become just best friends? I never thought I'd be friends with somebody with a ponytail. <laughs> was what I said to the man with the ponytail. That's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, he had a ridiculous fucking ponytail. Oh yeah, you can't have a ponytail. I mean, no, what was the like, point I, of it? I don't know. Okay. It was like had a reason. Himself. Yeah. All right. I don't, I don't know. Mike was people? his name, I believe. Mike makes things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, have we well, aired that show? We have not. If he's uh. an artist, then maybe he has a ponytail. What's he making? Like benches and chairs and shit? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> he made, oh, nice. no, it's, no. It's, he it's, sold the book. It's, it's, it's nice to see how you treat your guests after they left, man. That's <laughs> No, 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 no. It's been a while. <laughs> Some dick. I don't know what he made. He's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Thanks for the podcast, by the way. But he's a dick. You know, it's like I dated a stripper for a little bit. And, and, uh, <laughs> What I, I really just a while, just a little. Well, bit. I was a strip guy, club guy for a long time because my dad's the king of strip clubs. It's a whole other story, but but uh, so I was always. Strip I want to hear then, that story. I'll tell you that in a minute. But so, but then when I dated a stripper and I heard how she talked about the customers that came into the strip club to her friends, I was like, oh fuck, I'm not doing that anymore. That's fucking terrible. No, so, it's <laughs> it's anyway. not a normal. Uh, it's not a normal <laughs> thing. Uh, Brad and I went to what was it? What con Which was one? that? The fail fit? Oh, PopCon. PopCon. Right. We went to PopCon, and we were going, or I was going around trying to get guests to come on the show. So it was the people exhibiting at the booths. Oh, and I was, so was, I was just, ponytail booth making wick or something or other. And I, like, was, I was trying to remember. I'm like going back through all the ones. It was a great ones. interview. I yeah. mean, the interview was great. I'm going back through all of our named guests, the ones that we've had for an hour and not 15 minutes, and yeah, I'm so like, like, I don't remember which guy this is, but no, this guy made, uh, he made like a game, did he? No, he he had a he had a book. Oh, that's right. He he yeah, yeah. No, it's a <laughs> yes. He did. Books. It's really great. We got to get that one. It, we will get it published. It's really good. Right, it's in the it. folder called PopCon, which has like five <laughs> interviews of fifteen minutes long. Yeah, so. we're so unprepared for it. It starts with uh, Marcus holding a phone, like trying yeah, to film the first <laughs> one, and then we finally got a stand to hold the phone, this and then I tried your... to mix an energy drink powder with a beer and. Nice. This will be year two of PopCon. Oh, and the entire time we're there with the uh, portable uh, bottoms-up beer table that's not allowed because Center Plate would have our asses if they knew it was there. Yeah, we snuck a bunch of beer in. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. We were, the, we were the hit. I mean, all the uh, named people at the show were coming to our table sneaking beers. So well, That's good. Yeah. I tried to dehydrate beer in college. That was one of my big entrepreneurial moves. I was going to make dehydrated beer that you could sneak into the dorm easier because it came in powder form. Nice. Mixed in water. In a pitcher. This was after you watched Back to the Future, wasn't it? Uh, Get your hydrator out and yeah. No, I just and and I just, we got tired of carrying beer up and trying to we we're gonna get in trouble. So I was like, we made dehydrated beer, but then you can't dehydrate alcohol is the problem. Well, yeah, it, it dehydrates before the liquid. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, I I talked to some <laughs> science guys who were like, that's a dumb idea. You're an idiot. And I was like, okay. no, you're not an idiot. It's sound. Is it possible? No, it's not possible because. Uh, the alcohol will evaporate <laughs> off before the water will. Gotcha. But the alcohol is much smaller in content mm-hmm. than the than the water is. So you could do it if you. So you dehydrate it to be uh, the like dry powdery stuff that would be beer, mm-hmm. and then you would just add a little bit of vodka and a lot of water, and you have beer. Let's work on it. It'd be flat, but <laughs> oh, see, so that's the other problem. They wouldn't have any. But now that we got soda sets. streams, ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also tried to put beer in a Brita to see what would happen. That, How'd that work out? Eh, it just tastes like shitty beer. But you know, so hmm. it's Stroh's. 
Straws. You yeah. can uh, run in vodka through a Brita filter. Well, vodka. Really? I actually just won a bet yesterday at, at, at Kilroy's. We did. There was a girl telling me that because vodka is all marketing. It's all they all taste the exact same. It's all that like high end vodka and low end vodka is the same stuff. Because by the, I, I've read stuff where like they have to filter it a certain way to be called vodka. So if it's vodka, it tastes. But Grey Goose doesn't taste any better than Burnett's. It's the same shit. Hmm. And she's like, no, that's not true. And so we, I got a shot of of well, a shot of Grey Goose and a shot of Tito's. And the bet was see if she could tell the difference, and and she got the Tito's right just because you know, one out of three. But then she thought the Grey Goose was the well, and the well was the Grey Goose, was my exact point. So, you know, I won that bar bet yesterday because you can't tell the difference between vodkas. Right. Congratulations! Well, you put that. cranberry in it. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> that's I, my 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 least favorite thing at the comedy club is fucking uh, people drive me nuts. I can't taste the alcohol in my strawberry daiquiri. Yeah, that's the fucking point, man. <laughs> Like that's, we used to have shitty rum and we're like, oh, this rum's terrible. What if we put a bunch of strawberries and ice in it? Then it would taste like strawberries and not rum. Oh, that'd be great. We can't taste the other. Yeah, that's a, that's a point. You realize, you know what costs, honestly, this is true. You know what costs more than shitty rum? Strawberries by like double. If I made it more rum and less strawberries, I'd make more money. But it would taste <laughs> like shit, which is not the point of a fucking daiquiri. Oh, it drives me insane. Can't taste the alcohol. Yeah, that's the fucking point. <laughs> Heck ass. <laughs> do a shot of rum and not all the strawberry goodness. You got to find the balancing point, right? Well, I mean, I, but see, the problem is if you make it strong for, for normal people, they're like, this is socks. I don't want to taste rum. That's why I bought a daiquiri. You know what I mean? You got to taste a little bit of rum. No, you're supposed to taste almost all strawberries, man. Is that you yeah. sure? Yeah. I don't know. I'm saying more people complain when it tastes stronger than that. When it, I mean, people that drink strawberry daiquiris don't want strong drinks. You've had somebody complain about a strong drink yeah ever yeah yes of course yeah what the fuck is wrong with that person well that's why they're getting a strawberry daiquiri they're getting a strawberry daiquiri because they don't want to taste liquor they're a girl who wants one drink and wants to be like ah and not you know what i mean like it's not a hard no one's like i'll have seven strawberry daiquiris <laughs> and make them fucking strong right that's not what's happening you're not you're fucking <laughs> your truck stop ladies aren't coming to ordering strawberry daiquiris dude fair enough <laughs> Fair enough. Like I've never had somebody send a whiskey coke back because it was too strong, right? I'm just saying that, like, if you made a pina, if you make a pina colada that you could taste too much alcohol in, people are like, "Oh, this is fucking terrible," right? Because you want to taste the pina colada part. <laughs> That's my only point. I got nothing for that. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> Did you ever see that? There was a kids in the hall sketch. It was the girl drink drunk. <laughs> No. Oh yeah. It was just it was Dave Foley and he was he was kid he was a girl drink drunk. So he was a complete alcoholic, but he only drank like Mai Tais and strawberry daiquiris and ones with the squirrely straws. <laughs> so ah, my and he said like, You're a drunk, Dave. It was really funny. <laughs> I did love Bill Nye the Science Guy on that. I don't remember that one. No. Yeah, Kids in the Hall is one of my favorite shows. Oh no, I'm thinking of uh something completely different. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like Disney. I was trying to play. I clearly lot, had three of Brad's beers. <laughs> yeah, these are and no lunch. Yeah, well, they're they're not the nine percent. What is it? I what think it's we, like seven and a half. So it's up there. But it's, it's okay. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> sure, I'll talk forever, man. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I can't drink forever. Yeah, You've listen. proven you can in uh, Germany and true, yeah. true, true. Seem like a guy could drink forever. We're uh, I, I got to go drink a karaoke, so I can't. Uh, 
You didn't drink a single beer here. Well, I, again, I, 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 I feel like if you were more drunker, this would be a better interview. You think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of our servers at Morty's named Angie. She's one of my best friends. We do a drunken podcast on Saturdays called Boangie's Drunken Podcast, and we mm-hmm. just we our friend Katie comes up with ten topics, and then we're just we have to be blacked out, and then she just fucking asks us questions, and then we listen to it the next day. We don't we haven't published any yet, but it's, well, it's kind fun. of kids say the darndest thing for adults, right? Yeah, kind of. So the the our tech our, say the darndest things. Yeah, there you go. Our our tagline is: If you're hearing this for the first time, so are we. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're saying either. That's outstanding. Yeah. So we're gonna we'll see what happens, but uh, but yeah, we've done a couple of those. They've been fun. Did we learn anything about business today? I'm sure we have. Uh, don't go into it. I think that's what I think we've Don't go into it. That's actually my uh, advice to anybody who asks me about going into I business mean, for themselves. Don't go into business to make money. Go into business to to enjoy your life, to have fun, to do your passion. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but if you're going into business yeah, to make money. Bang the shit out of your passion. Yeah, that's, that's what it comes down to. I, that's what I would say. I mean, now maybe I'm just a <laughs> shitty businessman. There's a chance that I'm just bad at it. You know what I mean? I, I see lots of people make money. I just don't. You work three days a week. I think you're doing pretty good. Oh, no, no. I'm, I live a great life. I'm just saying, but I've also lowered my footprint so I can do that. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I, when I first started dating my current girlfriend, um, there was a day, it was like a Tuesday. I still live in the mansion in Carmel and like she just bought a brand new car and we're sitting in the pool drinking it like two, on Tuesday at like two. And I'm like, well, you know, we complain about not having money, but like. We both we live in a three hundred thousand dollar house. We both have a thirty thousand dollar car, and we're drinking on a Tuesday. And neither one of us has jobs, so that's cool, I guess. You know, you're gonna be broke if you don't work. <laughs> I mean, just how. So yeah. you just gotta decide how much do I care about money versus work, and balance that out. You know what I mean? And then don't have kids. That's really the key to being an entrepreneur: is don't have children. <laughs> that's if somebody had me the other day. I was like, if you had one piece of advice for me, I would say, don't have children. You can live your dreams your whole life. And I was following that plan to a T, and then I met Michelle, and now she had have, kids, nah. so yeah, it was kind of built in. So, kids. how old are they? Uh, six and nine. So I still got a ways to go. We've been dating for five years too, so I got them early. <clears throat> well, good luck to you. I mean, Steve Jobs <laughs> had kids. Not that he said he had. Right. Yeah. And he waited true. till he was like a billionaire before he finally. Owned had the kids, kids yeah. Owned. yeah. Before I mean, he finally said, "Okay, I'll get a name a computer after you." Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just not a kid guy. Just Way to make up been. for it, though. Too. I, never, I know. I never have been. A kid. Except never been. for it tanked. <laughs> I've never, I've never been a kid guy, so I never looked at that. And thought what I think is funny about people too is they're like, "I can't go to bars with all these 21 year old young people are stupid." Oh, but you think an eight year old's cool to hang out with? What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> eight year olds. A third as smart as a twenty-two. Come on, what do you? I don't know. I, I I have a good friend who has two kids, and he sent me a video. I was about a year ago now, where his daughter fed his younger child his own poop, and I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> Until he died. Did you Did you just feed Will poop? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean that's funny, I guess, but yeah, I don't, I don't need to. Have, I can watch other people's videos of that. I don't need to create my own. Yeah, I don't. I don't need video that in makers. my life. Yeah, you know, I don't. Need, I don't need my little Spielberg to. I don't need that in my yeah, life. Yeah, no, that's not a. But it was funny. No, it's funny. I, I'm just saying, like that. That really not having children frees you up to do whatever your dreams are. You know. And when <laughs> that's you have quote of the night, when you have kids, you quote have of the to, night. You have not get, having children frees you up to do whatever your dreams are. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know, and, and what's funny to me, the open right there, Brad. <laughs> what's funny to me is you, 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 so when you have kids, okay, you, you sacrifice those dreams and those hopes for these other people, which is admirable, I guess. Right. Is it? And well, but you give up your own freedom for them. Right. The thing I find interesting is that when those people become 23, 24, 25, and they're just at the age where now they can enjoy this freedom you've willed them, mm-hmm. you convince them to have their own fucking kids and pass it along another time. So nobody gets to be happy. It's fucking weird. Yeah, misery company. <laughs> you're right. You're not right. You're not wrong I, I, at all. I don't. Not in the I just don't get it. I just don't get what the pull is. I mean, no. I know. mean, you shouldn't be married before you're 30, and you shouldn't have kids before you're like 45. I just don't think that once then did. I just I let other people have kids, man. Um, you know, I know we need servers and stuff, so we can't not have kids. Yeah, but, but see, now you're starting the movie Idiocracy. Well, that, that's true. Idiocracy is a real thing. I think that's actually going to happen. But it's happening. Yeah, but on that, so I had a buddy one time, uh, we were talking about that, and he said, he goes, yeah, but Fuck think, it. I'm getting hammered. <laughs> nice. He goes, think about it the other way, though. Think about how once everyone's stupid, how much easier it is going to be for us to take over the world. Did I just blow it? We just yeah. blew the keg. Mm, perfect. You want I was wondering one? why I was getting foamy. You want this one? I've, I've had one sip. You've had two sips. <laughs> no, I think I had one big sip, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to argue. How many sips I had. I, uh, I'm just saying like that, that, yeah, when everyone else is stupid... Like, I like stupid people. Because if it wasn't stupid for stupid people, I would be the Nobody stupid Nobody would laugh one. at your jokes. Oh. Boom. That's a good one. But I, I would be the stupid one. It's like I, I tell my teacher friends, I'm like, dude, if kids weren't stupid, we wouldn't need teachers. So you can't be mad that they're dumb. It's job security. <laughs> yeah, but like there's there's teaching people and then there's stupid people. Because you can teach stupid people smart things. They're still stupid. Eh, I don't know. I think I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm either teaching or learning. That's why I don't mind either kind of. I like smart people because they teach me stuff. And I like stupid people because I teach them stuff. You know, I don't mind stupid people. You never like learn anything from stupid people? Sometimes you learn things, but mostly it's what their boobs look like. Or <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh my God, this is deteriorating quickly. And you're not even drinking. No, I'm just like this normally. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons I drink is so I have an excuse to be like this. <laughs> Oh, he was just drunk. No, he's just him. But uh, yeah, I thought that was my whole excuse the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so yeah, so so don't have kids and don't go into business. I mean, the, you know, when I first bought Morty, somebody—I mean, this is an old quote. It's not mine, and I think you've probably heard it a million times. But they said, you know, the way to make a small fortune in the restaurant business is start with a big one. You know, so it's, you're going to lose some. You're going to lose some money. <laughs> You know, there, there's no, you know. It's really cool. That, so, and maybe it's just, I don't know, me not knowing what the fuck I'm doing or talking about or I'm in my own little world. But there seems to be a lot of really great success stories as far as restaurateurs in indie. Yeah, I mean, there's some, yeah, I mean, we got some, there's people that do, do, do really well. I, I just don't, I, it's just weird to me. And that's, again, I think there's so many factors, whether it's rent or, or I mean. Doesn't there seem to be like a whole, like, there's there's not, there's not. The middle of the road, right? Maybe there is. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what that would be. I mean, you know. But again, I'm still just underwater all the time. I mean, like you know, we stick our head above the water every Monday for about an hour and a half. We have some money, and then it dips back under the water for the rest of the week. And then you know, when credit cards hit on Monday, we're whoa, and and our you know that's why I've been living our lives for the last however long. But I mean, it's. But, you know, I mean, we, we still, I mean, we owe some people some money, but for the most part, we, you know, we keep chugging along and we keep, I mean, our, you know, our motto is make September. 
you know, if we can get to September, we'll be all right every year. But when you talk about, you know, people in Indy doing well in the restaurant business, isn't that just because it's kind of like that thing right now where restaurants are booming and the, the, I guess the more eclectic, the more local, everybody wants to go to it. But when that dries up and when it goes back to and swings around the other way, there's going to be a bunch of restaurateurs that are doing great now that'll wind up losing their asses. So we're in the middle of a, or, and I don't know where we are on the curve, but we're, there's a, I don't want to say resurgence or we're, we're in the middle of some sort of comeback. Like from, as far as my business goes, people are spending money left and fucking right. Right. It's fucking nuts. In places they shouldn't. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there is a bit of a resurgence right now. Um, but I mean, Indy's still a pretty chain restaurant. I mean, we're the what well, chain rest cap, chain restaurant capital of the world, right? Like, there's more chain restaurants per capita in Indianapolis than anywhere. Yeah, else. my dad, my dad came to visit the first time. He's like, "Oh my god, Josh, you gotta, you gotta have these waffles." I'm like, "Yeah, Dad, where, where'd you go?" Bob Evans. <laughs> Those waffles are so fucking good, Josh. Yeah, I'm like Dad, Bob Evans is like the Denny's. Right. He's yeah, like, but, I'm moving to the Midwest immediately. Yeah, right. So, He's old. Yeah. And I, but I mean, that's, but I like, I'm a chain restaurant guy. I don't like, I mean, I like chain restaurants. I'm, right. Oh, really? But I mean, we're yeah. kind of in that middle of the uh, weird artisan type movement where we've gone from manufacturing and things are kind of trying to swing. Like, you know, Indy's really pumped it up when it comes to restaurants. And so is a bunch of other cities across the nation. Same with beer, same with a bunch of, you know, and, Pretty soon, at some point, it's going to kind of swing back the other way where people are going to go to more chains. They're going to drink, you know, the same old beer that they always drank. And I don't know. I just... It has to happen. Yeah. So, wait a minute. You're a chain restaurant guy? Yeah. You love chain restaurants? Yeah. I don't like... I, I, my, here's my theory. If you were any good, there'd be two of you. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Ponderosa started in Kokomo and it grew to be a great big thing and then eventually collapsed because it sucked. Here's the thing. There's a point. Here, I'll make this point. There's a point where you get so big that you lose quality, right? Okay, right. But if your restaurant's really good, there'll be four to eight of you, right? No one has the, no one, no one has the, no one ever had the business plan of having one location and working 80 hours a week with their wife for the rest of their fucking life. That's not what happens. You, you start a restaurant hoping, and that's what we try to do with the Some comedy club. Some people do. You're... <laughs> I know you said. you fucking work three hours a week and work well, at a comedy club. Well, I get that, but I'm saying that like that like restaurants that are really good, there's two or three or four of them, and they they have more locations. There's not if if your favorite greasy spoon, there's one of it sucks. You just go there because it's nostalgic and it's near your house, and you're usually hungover. And so I, I can't agree with that. Well, and no one does. I agree. This is one of my crazy theories that I only I agree with. But I mean, like, but I also like processed food. I don't like fresh food. I like processed stuff. I, <laughs> I, I, I haven't had a fruit or vegetable since 1996. <laughs> so I mean, I'm a, a, a weird when it comes to that kind of shit. But I mean, Fair. like, I don't like. I mean, I I literally like. <laughs> can tell they took the antibiotics out of the chicken McNuggets at McDonald's and it pisses me off because they used to taste so fucking good and now they're not quite as yeah, good because there's no chemicals. Yeah, they tasted antimicrobial and that felt, that's fresh. Yeah. You know, it is. So, you know, people are like, my buddy, he had chickens and he's like, he, his backyard, he, whatever, and he's just like, oh, there's nothing, nothing better than killing a chicken and eating it an hour later. I'm like, I want a thousand chickens squished together and stamped into dinosaur <laughs> shapes. That's what I want. I don't need a single chicken. I knew its name. I don't need that. Okay. I, I read a stat <laughs> uh, several days ago that said America eats 1.3 billion hot wings 
on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh wow! I got to. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I did a little that. bit of math. Yeah. I'm a dork like that, and it's plausible. Oh no, there's no question. That's the thing. Yeah. That's really what. Uh, I mean, at, according to how many I ate, I think I ate twenty. Sure. By myself. Yeah. And just multiply that by you know. Yeah, extrapolate that out over blah blah blah. I blah. uh. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Like, you know, when I die, that's really all I want. <laughs> Is it some chicken wings? No, it's an accounting of my life. Oh. I would love them to come up to you and go, "Okay, you drank 136,243 Coors Lights. You had 1.6 million chicken or chicken wings. You had 283 million chicken nuggets from McDonald's. You had sex with 47 people. You made out with 137 girls. You made out with four dudes, whatever it is, right? And I would just like, I would like a, a complete accounting of everything I've done in my life, just like kind of a checklist. Like, oh, here's, here's my lifetime tip percentage was 27.7 or whatever. I think there's you know? a new business here. How cool would That's that be? That's a really like, good just idea. A, just a complete, a complete accounting of your life when you got done with it so you knew you know, like if you notice, the more chicken wings you had, the or the more chicken nuggets you had, the less sex you had, right? Like there's some correlation there between you know. Well, we're whatever. kind of we're kind of getting there. I mean, soon wearables will be part of our lives. Uh, Google tracks everything. I mean, pretty soon. Oh no, just, I think yeah, yeah, you'll be, just have it. Yeah, the Super Bowl there. commercial accidentally talked to everybody's Google what's my jiggers and. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it was accidental. They probably did it on purpose. We were talking about that on Obama Tom the other day. That like right. they that the on the commercial it says, Alexa, order golf balls. And then like every like so if you had that commercial on your house, all of a sudden right. golf balls came to your fucking house because if you had it set up right, didn't have the right uh privacy set or the right uh checks and balances that it would just so they were like, Yeah, make a commercial where it says, Alexa, buy tickets to blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden like that movie sells out across the country because they heard Well, and every time somebody says okay Google, okay I can't even say it, okay Google, you know, everybody's phone lights up. It's Yeah. So hmm. but yeah, I just wanna I just want to complete accounting. I just I would just love to have I would how many miles did I drive? You know? How many air air airports was I in? You know, just all kinds of random shit like that. Yeah, kind of but I don't keep track of any of that. So I don't either. It is very appealing to me that somebody might do that for me now that. Yeah, I mean, there's eventually. I think out. they'll be able to tap into your brain and and show you a movie of your life from your perspective, like the whole thing. That'd be kind of cool. I don't necessarily want to see that. Oh, I would. No, that would be I wouldn't great. want to watch it with anybody. I'd want to be in my. <laughs> Some super compromising situation. Well, it's probably a lot of really compromising. I thought they had that already. It was called. The moment before you die, what your yeah. life flashing before your eyes? Yeah, does Maybe. it? Just That's a bunch of say. tranny dong hanging in my face. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the that's that's your last image, <laughs> tranny dong. <laughs> that's how Josh wants to go. <laughs> and we saw a person yesterday at the at Kilroy's that we could not tell if it was a guy or a girl, but we were all pretty sure it was a snowboarder. We knew that for a fact. <laughs> Was there a snowboard on their person? No, they just had that hair, you know, the snowboard hair. They were wearing like a snowboard outfit. It was like, they snowboard. I don't know if they're a dude or a chick. I don't care. I'm not a, and I am not don't care one way or the other, but it was, uh, we could not tell. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, how do you usually end these things? Is there some sort of like lesson no, or wrap no. up? Or, we, we just end know, them uh, like this. They deteriorate. Until <laughs> someone's drunk and then that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much it. You guys want to go sing karaoke for a band? No. It's awesome. <laughs> I do a mean Britney Spears. Do you? Mm-hmm. Huh. I believe that. I like singing girl songs because it's funny. <laughs> and it makes you feel free. Well, yeah. Well, just, and, and part of my thing is like, if you, if you, you can sing and you can dance, you can do all this kind of stuff, as long as you pretend you're kidding, then everyone, like, if you're like serious, you're like, 
singing a, and then you suck people are like that guy sucks but if you're like hey I'm singing Britney Spears and I also suck but hey you know and that's like when you dance it's all the face you make you know if you're making a funny face and you're like oh yeah it's all about the presentation you know so I was at uh, what is it called Santa's Pub in Nashville Tennessee it's a single wide trailer that's been turned into a bar and it's pretty fucking cool yeah yeah they do karaoke and the karaoke stage is where the roof is a collapse and they've clearly like shoved it back up and have like a stick holding it so you're like you sing under that <laughs> and apparently it's a very popular place and this guy comes in and he is i mean he is nothing to look at sure He's pretty hideous in fact <laughs> and he gets on the microphone and lays it down really just lays it down and uh me and my aunt were there at the time and we're like we, we both when he finished we both looked at each other and said at the exact same time well that's how he gets laid yeah it, no, I mean, that's, everybody was, has something i guess yeah it was fantastic i mean he's no pro bowler nope no he's no, no he's no tromboner no no but, but that's what he does that's what he does that was at a karaoke thing in uh bowling green kentucky and there was this dude this black dude in jean shorts and cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and was just awful but he just like danced and was just all over the place and everyone there loved him and like we we're like what is this guy doing and they told me that the the week before it was the owner's birthday and he'd rode in a real horse into this bar he rode a real horse into the bar and sang karaoke from atop a f- stallion <laughs> and then the horse shit on the dance floor <laughs> that's amazing then <laughs> on that note For me, porn's always been like Domino's pizza and marijuana. I occasionally enjoy it, but I've never paid for any of that. I've never bought Domino's pizza. I've never bought weed. Mm. I buy a lot of pizza and I buy a lot of weed. <laughs>